Little Squid Comics Podcast, Episode 8, Season 2. 8? Yeah, Seems like we've two. been doing more than 8. I counted. We had like, uh, I, think we did, I think we did like 60 some, 62 or some before. So I think we're at like total like Episode 70 or something. Mm, okay. Since you. we've restarted. But Since only 8 this year, right? Yes, this is okay. our 8th one this year. So we missed a couple. Maybe. We have missed a couple. Not too bad. Not too May. bad. If it's yeah. every other week, and we did eight. I mean, I mean it's only the beginning of May. Months, we maybe missed on one. Average, so yeah. We're only in the fifth month, so. That's true. Probably not, bad. not too bad. We're more on time than Savage Dragon. Hey. You're more on time than go. probably every comic right now, aren't you? Well, that's true, but. Those will never happen. I won't blame comics that. Comics are over. Comics are over. May comics 20th, dude. May 20th. It's gone, huh? All right, I'm Drew. I'm Don. I'm Scott. And we get together every couple weeks, and we talk about comic books. The state, the shelter-in-place order is over, so we're here in person. There you go. So Don's got his mask on. Or wait, no, I guess it's a beard. That's a beard. <laughs> no more buffets ever again. What? That's probably gone. true. No more comic books. No more movies. Oh, I want no more having to go into an office. I really though. want movie theaters to open up. Yeah, no more movies. No more movie theaters. I miss that movie theaters. True. I do too. Can't even have a drive-in open. I think they're la- they're maybe they're getting closer. I think they're getting closer on that. Hmm. I don't that would be the place to go. Well, I think the next yeah. is on the 18th. Can't movie theaters open? I think they can. But I don't think they are. I don't think they are because they got nothing to show. Well, that's probably true. Scared. Although Disney, I think, is still predicting that they want to release Mulan in like July or something. Yeah, I think July. So, but straight I don't to think the they're gonna. Video. They're not gonna release it until more theaters can open. I think is the problem. So even though our theaters can open, if the theaters in like New York and LA can't open, then it doesn't yeah. help. Doesn't help. Anymore. We need them all to open. They can't make fifty million dollars just with Wichita. Can't just theaters. make. Can't do it. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be a good tourist attraction, right? We get all those. COVID Dude, that place would in. be. That place would be packed. Well, this is what I find amazing is that the restaurants opened up, you know, in some areas. Yeah. But yet I see on Nightline or something, you know, oh, here's a restaurant in Colorado. The damn thing's packed. Everybody, you know, standing room only. I'm like, you guys have been that desperate for dine-in in some of these places? Holy yes. cow. Uh, some people don't know how to cook, Scott. Obviously. <laughs> some people well, don't. my son was telling me that the uh, Chipotle is here in Wichita, since that's where he works, but that they were like the number one in revenue nationwide. <laughs> that people were flocking to Chipotle, Chipotle, Chipotle here in Wichita because there was because of options being you limited. know more limited and things. He's like, yeah, we're fucking crazy right now. You know, he was always coming home way late, you know, <laughs> and everything. And now that everything, a lot of stuff's open back up. He's like, oh yeah, coming home on time. He's like, yeah, it wasn't too bad a little last year, but yeah, during that uh, you know four or six weeks of lockdown. Oh my god, that poor boy looked miserable all the time coming home. But hmm. crazy out there. Yeah, it's a crazy world. It's crazy out there. Hmm. Hmm. Man, I didn't see any movies, I don't think. We talked about Extraction last podcast. Did you guys mm-hmm. watch anything since then? I've just been watching Ozark and The Last Dance. Uh, I haven't been watching, watching Last Dance. Dance. I, I watched know. half of the first episode. Yeah, yeah, I need ESPN. Don't have it. Mm. Mm. It'll be on Netflix sometime. Uh, I've been well. Here you go. I got a couple things watching wise. Um, Clone Wars season seven. It finished off. Yeah. So watch oh yeah, that. I finished Clone Wars too. We yeah. finished all the Clone Wars. Yeah, very good. I'm yeah. on episode three of uh, season one of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Got a ways to go. You got a little ways to go, but season <laughs> seven is really pretty good. I liked how it all kind of wrapped up. That was me. cool how they made it concurrent with Revenge of the Sith. Yes, that I was a too. neat. It's a neat twist. Yes, it was. But very action-packed. That freaking duel between uh, Ahsoka and Maul was 
uh, one of the I best still say the one at yeah. uh, in the season five is better. Okay. Okay. But so what happened? Zach and I were watching. Do you know? Remember what happened to Savage? Oh, I don't know. No. Darth Maul's buddy. Yeah, I don't know for sure. Because he just disappeared. Does he? Okay. Well, I See, don't know. My, my or memory, I missed it. My memory is I must really have crappy missed it because that season five is one of the better seasons. But I did not watch that entire season. So gotcha. it, I watched episodes throughout here and there. So I was thinking that he may have died somewhere in one of them. That I he may have, and I just forgot. So, I mean, there's a lot of information in this episode. That could be. Could be. But, so yes, I don't know for sure. But yeah, but yeah because I watched uh, season seven and finished that off, I started on Rebels because that's kind of like the next one there. And so I'm about halfway through season one on that. Yeah, we decided to watch bad. some it's movies instead. How many seasons of Rebels are there? There's not too bad there. It's only four. four. Jesus. Yeah. And one of the seasons... They're not that long. One of the seasons... A couple of well, them are shorter. Well, two of them are shorter. Like two of them are like... Uh, but two are like 22 or 24. Yeah, or something yeah. like that, yeah. Are the Clone Wars all like 30 episodes or something? No, 22 is most of them, but then seasons six and seven are only like 12, 12 or 13. Each. Yeah. Still a lot of time there, though. But they're only half hour type things, you know? Yeah, they're like 22 so, minutes. I know. So it's not too bad, but yeah, it takes some time. Commitment. I don't know. Zach and I made you know it through. We watched like a couple of commitment type things, yeah. Problems. Uh, the other thing, though, uh, Disney Gallery on Disney Plus. Have you watched that at all? Disney Gallery? Yes. It's it's like a their thing that they're trying to produce here, new thing, but it's like behind the scenes of popular oh. Disney stuff. Yeah, In this I've case, they've got Mandalorian. Yeah, I heard they did a Mandalorian. And they're going to do like eight episodes or whatever. The first one was really good. You need to spend the time to watch it. The second one, eh, it's so-so. They could have really done everything they needed to do in one episode, to tell you the truth. But it's like a roundtable of the director's and John Favreau, you know, who's producing in that first one, it is great. Dave uh, Filoni or whatever, mm -hmm. his story about getting the, I'm going to spoil that for this part just because it cracks me up, but his story about how he gets the interview with Lucasfilm to do mm -hmm. Clone Wars yeah. is hilarious. I mean, he's basically talking about that he was working on uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender on Nickelodeon, and he gets the phone call from Lucasfilm, and they call him up and saying that it's Lucasfilm Animation, and they want to speak with him. He's like, okay, I know a lot about Star Wars because I'm a Star Wars geek, and I know there was not a Lucasfilm animation. So he's like, I'm like, yeah, this is somebody pulling, yanking my chain. He goes, the SpongeBob guys were giving me crap all the time. He goes, I was just sure this was them that set me up, you know, type things. And so he's like on here, he's like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. And they're like, yeah, we'd really like to meet with you, you know, this type of stuff. He goes, yeah, I'd like to meet with you too, you know, this type of thing. Just being you know, kind of sarcastic and almost a little general ass, you know, or whatever. And they schedule an interview and everything. And he's like, yeah, so who put you up to this? And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, yeah, come on. Who was it? Was it SpongeBob guys? She's like, this is Dave Filoni, right? From Nickelodeon, does The Last Airbender. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it is. Well, yeah, this is, we're really setting this up. He goes, oh, and then he's like, I just got it. He's like, oh my God, this is really them. They're like, then do we do have the right guy, right? And he's like, oh, I am the right guy. I'm so the right guy. I have a Jedi robe in my garage right now, you know, or something. And then he's like, yeah, I was like starting to take this phone interview right down. <laughs> he's like, I think she would have like totally cut me off right there if we hadn't already set up, set up an interview. And then he says that he goes, you know, for the interview and uh, meets Lucas. And he just thinks, he thinks he has no shot at all. You know, he goes in there, tells him, you know, shows him some of his stuff. And then George, you know, sits here and just starts talking to him, you know, almost like a 
just conversation about Jedi's and things of this nature. And he's like, oh my God, this is just, it was just so cool. And George Lucas is everything I thought he would be, you know, very personable, all this type stuff, you know, had all this great knowledge of things. He goes, it was like the best day of my life, you know, type things. I was like, oh man, this is going to get my nerd credit way the hell up there. You know, when I'm waiting in line for Revenge of the Sith, I can tell all these guys, I met George Lucas, you know, things. And so he's like, yeah, I thought this is great. And he goes, yeah, then they send me back to sit in the green room. And he's just like, yeah, oh man, this is just great. I got a great experience, whatever else. And then they knock on the door and they're like, yeah, George likes you. You got the job. Yeah, we'll give it back to you for the rest of the paperwork and stuff. And then just close the door and whatever. He's just like, <laughs> just shell shocked, but so it was pretty good. But that, there's a lot of stuff like that throughout that first episode, which is pretty good. On each one of the directors, you know, talking a little bit about their backgrounds and things, and and uh, and what they were bringing to it, you know, and stuff. So, so the first episode, I definitely would say uh, check it out. Cool. You see, Rob Robert Rodriguez is going to direct one of the season two episodes of Mandalorian. No, but did you see Boba Fett's going back? Yes, I did. See yes, played by uh, what's his name? The guy who played whatever, Fett? who played Django Fett. Oh, Django Fett. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Hmm. Correct. They should have got the kid grown up. To play. Yeah, that's probably true too. No, I'm just kidding. He probably looks nothing like. He probably looks nothing like a clone. Name. <laughs> it's so funny. There's this kind of guy who's kind of obnoxious, but he's a big Star Wars fan. Who's always like in a cube, like next to mine he's not even the same cube as me there's like two walls between us but he talks like to everybody in the office can hear or whatever and he's oh, complaining yeah. about stormtroopers and how like you know they're like we're supposed to be clones and blah 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 and how like they never explained how like finn was a stormtrooper or whatever because they're supposed to be clones blah 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 blah. so i went to wikipedia and said yeah and i, and I took like an excerpt and like i emailed it to him because i guess after the clone wars the Emperor actually started using conscripts or whatever for stormtroopers, not clones anymore. Like right. he stopped doing well, clones. They had the whole Imperial Academy. But, I, they, but they, never really, they never really explained that very well in the initial original trilogy or whatever. That's you know? true. Yes. Or I don't think they ever explained it in the first the prequel trilogy because they didn't even get that far. Well you know the prequel I mean? didn't get to that point. Correct. That's what I'm the, saying. Even so in none the of middle, the movies they really explained. Even in it. the middle trilogy, the most you hear about is an Imperial Academy. Correct. You know, type thing. So you know that there's some type of training of young, you know, teenagers yeah. or whatever so, going anyway, on. Anyway, so I had to use my Wikipedia search and yeah. send it back to him. There you so, go. Because everything on Wikipedia is true. Well, I mean, it's still knowledge. <laughs> I, mean, I did watch Rise of Skywalker again. See, here's how you know it wasn't a very good movie, is that it's on Disney+, Plus. I can watch it for free, and I still don't watch it. Very That's true. a bad sign. Here's the How thing, is it though. The third time, the third time through, I, I watched it again mainly because Xander hadn't watched it. So, and we were having a conversation about uh, Star Wars or something, and then I realized he hadn't seen Rise of Skywalker. I was like, "Oh my god, come on! Now it's free. Here, we'll watch it on Disney Plus." So I drug his ass to watch it, and to his credit, he he watched the whole thing, and he said, "Yeah, it's not too bad." I ex he expected it to be even worse of a train wreck, but uh, and then as I'm sitting there watching it, I'm like, you know, yeah. Grudgingly, it's not as bad as what my initial just gut feeling was. I mean, it's still... It's just mediocre is the problem. That is the problem. And I think that's the conversation we had. I was like, when I was young, and part of, the, and part of this is that, you know, rose-colored glasses that I had when I was 12. When I watched Return of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi wrapped everything up so nice. 
You know, you you had action. Everything was set up in the previous previous two films. You know, you knew there was the big bad of the Emperor from Empire and everything else, this type of stuff. While you hadn't really seen him, you knew he existed, so there wasn't like this initial setup that needed to be there or something. You know, it was just action, some little things here and there, but it wrapped everything up to, you know, a a happy fairy tale ending, you know, or whatever the hell else. But you felt like you got earned throughout the three films, or at least I did from, you know, at early age. You know, now watching this trilogy, it's just a hodgepodge, you know, because they didn't have the vision, I think, of the three of where they wanted all three films to go. So the third film still spends so much time, you know, saying, oh shit, we need to set up a couple little things here so when we get to our little finale, it makes sense, you know, a little bit more. And it just seems like there's so much time wasted, I think, from what happened. And, you know, they should have just... Not that Last Jedi was a bad film, even though I know you don't like it, but it has no reason being in this trilogy, you know, in some respects. They should have Jettons and that and had different people and whatever the hell else made it a different movie, you know, type thing, filler movie, and made some other trilogy for this so that they could have really spent the time they needed in, in this last one to really, you know, take it home. That's the problem. You know, you hit the nail on the head. For something that was Star Wars that is such a big, you know, industry, you know, intellectual property, to end on this big, you know, nine-part series of films on that movie... Just is like, yeah, it's not even, you know, that it's okay, you know, type things. It's not bad acting, you know, but they just, they really just felt like you were just had to throw in a bunch of crap that you really, I don't know if you needed to. Well, so. I, as you were talking, I was thinking about it. I mean, it really is a mediocre movie because the whole thing is mediocre, right? Like, there's no, like, standout, I don't think, moments or times in that movie that really blew me away. Even the Star Wars movies that people say were bad, like Phantom Menace, it still has some amazing oh, yeah. sequences. In yeah. like the lightsaber battle and the duel of the fates, the the music, the sound, all that is just one of the greatest sequences in Star Wars. So, and the pod race is another one. It's just amazing. Like those two sequences elevate that whole movie, right? Yeah. Or like even Last even Jedi. In... Last Jedi has some awesome sequences oh, yeah, that, that even if even if you hate the movie, it's like there's some awesome moments in that movie that yeah. you can't get around, you can't deny that blew you away. Same with Force Awakens, I would say. But well, I didn't even Rise... say Attack of the Clones, you know, that yeah, exactly. part with the chase, you know, and things oh, yeah. through Coruscant That's is cool. really good. Well, the end is even awesome. The, end is the really Battle of Geonosis and when Yoda yeah, like breaks Jedi out his life, out there, you see you know? Yoda use his lightsaber for the yeah. first time. They're, I mean, that's right. amazing. I mean, that may be way. the worst film of the ninth series. Correct. In our it has amazing sex segments. But Rise of the Skywalker, I don't feel had anything that blew me away to that level. Like nothing was... Nothing rose above mediocre. There were no moments in it that like were like, that's amazing, that's well, awesome. Because I couldn't spend any time with it. That maybe, you know, whatever the reason is. Because that's but... what we were talking about, is there's that part in Rise of Skywalker where they're having this desert chase scene, and, you know, they even talk about it in behind the scenes, oh, yeah, we had to set this up and everything. It's like, wow, you guys really put a lot of work in it for something that on screen you maybe took five minutes of that with? Because you needed to just say, oh, here, we need to throw some action in because we need to get to the next plot point to show that Ray can heal things now, you know, or whatever the hell else, yeah. you know, type stuff. They can fly now? That's <laughs> right, exactly. Now, that was almost one of the better parts, but it, it is so short, you know. When you have a pod race scene that lasted, what, 15 minutes of the damn film, you know, and it sticks with you because it's just cool action and whatnot. And then you have this thing that tries to get in there, you know, but it's like, uh, yeah, we got to keep moving. Okay. 
And that's why I'll go back and I'll watch any of those movies that are not that good. There's a sequence in there that I, I'll watch a thousand times, right? Yeah. And I don't think Rise of Skywalker has anything in it that I was like, oh, I'd watch that a thousand times. You know? Yeah, probably so. I mean, I do admit that the whole... The the part there in the middle where Ray and uh, Kylo fight there on that... I mean, that's a pretty cool scene. That is a... All, if I take it all away from the point that she gets in there... You know, finds the wayfinder, sees evil self. You know, to the yeah. point of you know having that uh, fight that they have. That sequence is really pretty good. Um, I probably didn't I was... even appreciate it as much at first because I was still annoyed on the fact of how the hell she found the damn thing with this stupid ass knife. That I don't know what the hell that was yeah. for, but I... this is the way. <laughs> it is. It is. Yes, very much. I have spoken. So uh... <laughs> fair enough. But yeah, anyway, sorry, digress there. But, oh, one more nerdy thing before we get into the reviews. Ooh, here you go. Look at that. What is that? It's a retro collection collection. Leia, why do you have these? Because I'm a nerd. Why not that? Are these new? They are new. It's, you know, the nice thing of Hasbro is like nice cash grab from Hasbro. Those are like the original oh, tooling. It's the classic tooling. Wow. You know, so they got the old look, you know, and things. Have they not done this before? They did it before for Star Wars, but because Empire, this is the 40th anniversary of Empire. Uh, so they never they, did it for Empire. Oh, I they, love Luke and Tan. That's I know. I it's like the, one of the best. I called them Luke and Tan. Yes. Luke and Tan. That, Luke and I'm Tan. with you. That was like one of my favorite Lukes right there. Yes. And the only so, problem was is that Luke and White his lightsaber extended, extended out. Yeah. So when you had the lightsaber battles, it wouldn't fall off. Yeah. Him, it would fall out of his hand every oh, time. Yeah. So I used like tape and I would like try and wrap it around Did so you he put would them hold in his lightsaber. Did you put in the star cases? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you put yeah. them in the cases? I, I put them like that. No, no, no. I put them in those. And then of oh, course the you, you Han had Han. Han. I never liked that. I wish figure. they would have had the Bespin Han instead of the Han and yeah. Han's because that's my favorite. Han was the uh, Bespin one, but Bespin one's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, I never liked the Han and Han. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this, these. Oh, here you go. You gotta take a look at. And we got Yoda. At Yoda, but Yoda his, was I mean, great. It's nice and classic. His eyes are even almost. I remember the snake being a different things. color though. But they well, there the was two versions of that. They had the bright orange and they had the brown. I think yeah, I had the brown. They, that's how you. How I bought it. I found them at Walmart. They're like a Walmart exclusive. How much are they? Twenty dollars a piece. Oh gosh, no, half that. So they're still kind That's of pricey bad. for something, but it's ten bucks. And they've got like the worn look around the edges, yeah. you know, and things to try to make it look like, ooh, wow, you know, type things. It's they should have scuffed put... up, you know, and, oh, and nice. things like this, you know. So you know what they should have done to really f with people? Nope. They should have put a little thing that you had to cut out to mail in uh, to yeah. get an exclusive figure. Yeah, get an exclusive. It should be a Luke where his hand pops off. Right. <laughs> That's what. It should and put be. a little chip in it. You know, it's it. funny. They could put a little chip in it. And you push He's Luke and tan. And I know in the picture it looks a little tan. Really, in the movie, it looks more like a dark gray or a dark brown, really, in some ways. We were it doesn't really look that tan. Did I tell you the story we were watching um, Rise nope. of Skywalker? Or... Yes, I think you told us that. Didn't you watch like twice? In one yeah, weekend? and Barbara's like, I've how never can, seen this. How can Ray's costume stay white? Like her clothes <laughs> stay white through this whole movie? It's like, the they movie never magic. get dirty. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, Boba Fett, that was like one of my favorites too. We Except for ours had a string around his I'm neck. I'm trying to figure out where we Scott like, pulled these out of. That, he brought that big case. Brought the big, that's why uh, I brought the big the case. Big gotcha. Cool. Just to kind of show off. He pulled them right out of his ass. My early, <laughs> my early <laughs> birthday present. 
Yeah, and so then the other thing I brought was... Oh, Everdale. Everdale. Are we going to play that? that? Oh, not right now. Oh, but, darn. But the main thing is that being a comic podcast, you know, the <laughs> the thing on this, you know, a lot of times what we Let's talk about sure. things... Show it. Everdale, the board game. It's a board game, people, for those who don't know what Everdale is. Yeah, for those Was this a Kickstarter? I know well, it was, a, it was Kickstarter. a Kickstarter, but I did not buy the Kickstarter version. But here's the, the thing. I mean, look at the art on this this stuff. That I mean, art. it is just... It's no Raccoon Tycoon, but it's pretty It's cool. not Raccoon no, Tycoon, but, you know, it is... It's really, really good and, you know, got that cutesy look for families nice. and whatever the heck else. So. Have you played this game? I have not actually played the game. I've read the rules, watched some little videos on it. It's, uh, I think you'd hate it personally. I don't know. I don't it's, hate any game. I know, that is true. It's worker placement. Uh, and I, I like worker placement. Worker placement with a bit I of, like I know, I think placement. you don't like worker placement. but I just hate Lords of Waterdeep. Uh, that okay? Yes, that's okay. I just but yes, it's worker placement with a... Um, touch of a engine builder type thing. Okay. You're building a city with like the little critters and gotcha. their stores and but it's got like this whole freaking tree that you build to put some stuff on there. So visually it's you know it looks really really nice. I like Kalos. So I like Pillars of the Earth. Their worker placement. Champions of Midgard. I like Champions of Midgard. Like so see I like worker placement. You do, I know. I just always have to give you crap because of the fact that you You think I don't like I worker placement. I think you placements. don't like worker placement. Just because I hate Lords of Waterdeep. Because Lords of Waterdeep is stupid. But yes, art by it looks like Andrew Bosley. Never really heard of him, but it's really fantastic looking hmm. art. So um, it gives comments. it a look that I think will at least entice the family to give it a shot, you know, type things. I was just thinking when you broke out those action figures. So today, Silas, our grandson, came over, and he was grounded from his phone. Oh. So when he gets grounded from his phone, it's like he, he, he goes batch because he's always playing on his phone. So, uh, Kristen was over there and she's like, does he have any toys over here? And Barbara's like, ah, there's like a little basket up there. Well, I had, in the garage, I had Why is he grounded tub. from his phone? Huh? Why is he grounded from his phone? I don't know. I didn't have something not good. But, uh, anyway. So I had a plastic tub of, like, some of my G.I. Joe toys. Like, so from what I had. Still yeah, have some? I still have some. That's worth millions. And so... I brought it out and we opened it up and we were looking at it and there I had an old the Crystar figure in there. Oh nice. And I had this the bow? Uh, it's the green one, but uh, he doesn't have any like it's just the figure. It doesn't have the any accessories. The and then there was some G.I. Joe stuff and then there was some Star Wars stuff mixed in there. And there was a Boba Fett figure and the Han in the Hoth. Oh wow. And Rocket firing Boba Fett? Yeah. No. <laughs> And uh, I was like, I, I showed him the the Han, and I was like, who's this? And he's like, Luke. And I'm like, nope. And Guess again. Barbara was sitting on the other, and she's like, the other one. And he goes, Han Solo? It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah. But anyway, I just had those two figures in my oh, hand. Oh, wow. This, was that a good representation of them from the originals? From what I remember, from yeah. Too? You don't have the originals? I do a lot of them. Oh, okay. But I have been <laughs> selling them off, you know, piece by piece here and there. But it's funny because I have, like, several of the G.I. Joe action figures, and I had some of the vehicles, and he was sitting there playing with them, and he's like, is this a good guy or a bad guy? And I'm like, that's a bad guy. And he's like, is this vehicle for the good guy or the bad guy? And I'm like, it's the bad guy. And he's like, oh, he fits in it. <laughs> he put him in there. I was like, it was Ooh, There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Good anyway. Times.
Good times. But yes, I thought you'd get a kick out of seeing some retro look, you know, action figures. I know when I saw them, I was like, ah! <laughs> yeah, there's probably of them would like to collect action figures. But I, I know. Just, I just don't need more stuff. No, right. I know. Well, you've seen my house, so well, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. all I have, though, is just those... Those ones with the old look, you know, type right. stuff. And of course, the wife no, said cool. after it wraps hey, around the yeah. house. I'm jealous. Not wraps around that's the house. After it wraps around that basement, I can't, <laughs> any more that I get, I have to get rid of. So I'm almost to that's that point. That's kind of where I'm at. I can't so, fit any more board games or books. Or yes. So I do have mm-hmm. to do start doing the swappage more often. So I might have some like. Uh, I don't know. I just can't get rid of books. Board games My to comics. sell really cheap too. Who knows? I'm like running out of room, but I just can't get rid of them. Yeah. I understand. Hmm. Do what you have to do. So other news, Marvel website or whatever the hell, weren't they like closing it or did you talk about that one or something? No, I don't think it's a big deal. I think they're just closing their digital shop okay. for comics, but you can still buy them through the Marvel app and buy them through the Comicsology app. That's what I heard. You just can't buy them through the webpage for some reason. Hmm. I don't know what that all, that's all about. You can still get the Marvel Unlimited though? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, they still got to make their money through that. I still say they still have an app that you can buy stuff from through. I think you just can't buy them through the website. I think. Hmm. I think I don't know. I just use Marvel Limits. So I don't really care. I know you can get them through Comicsology though. Are you talking new comics? Yeah. Oh, who cares? Exactly. Print baby. Print baby. There is no print. Not coming back till May twentieth. May twentieth is when everything. When Diamond is shipping new books. Diamond. Now what about uh, DC? So DC's been shipping through these other two companies. Yeah, they. So you could still get your DC stuff. Who? DC. DC is shipping through all three. They have three distributors now. That screws the other two. So as a retailer, you can choose what distributor you would like to get through. That pretty much screws the other two. Maybe. Oh, it kind of does. And they said that. They had an interview with like the DCBS people, and they were like, "Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen once Diamond comes back online." We understood that this was just kind of a, a placeholder. A placeholder DC that approached seems like us. Seems like a lot of work for it. a placeholder. Well, they were saying that they've been approached by people who can't get distributed through Diamond about distributing them. So, they're like, well, now we have some infrastructure. Maybe we could do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it gives them contacts to like all these comic book stores that could potentially order some stuff through them that they had other stuff that Diamond didn't have and. Gets their foot in the door. I don't know. DCBS was set up for a kind of distribution anyway. It's really not that much different than what they do. Sort of, yeah. I mean, they've just been getting books directly read, from DC instead of Diamond, and they're shipping it to stores instead of customers. I read a few things after they sent out their first shipment, and people were complaining about the shipping. Yeah. The shipping was insanely expensive, apparently. Because they don't get the big discount that Diamond does. Because... Right. And they said that they were going to work on that, and they yeah. were getting deals, and they were going to be able to cut down. But the other thing was, I guess, people were really impressed with the foam. Yeah, well, they shipping. were saying that stuff was actually going to get damaged. <laughs> right. Everything Diamond ships gets damaged, right. but DCBS actually knows how to ship stuff without damaging it. But that's probably why their shipping is a little more, because yeah, like, exactly. stuff probably weighs a little more, because there's actually... You know, inserts some and packing stuff material, in right? Got a little bit larger boxes usually when that happens, correct? So, yeah, in a lot of places, I know what is it, FedEx, you know, they they go almost more off of box size than they do weight in almost anymore yeah. in some cases. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so anyway, yeah, I heard that the shipping was bad. And so, Diamond is going to start shipping again on May 20th, yes. 
And all the publishers have like come so you're up gonna get with a like, ton of crap to start reading again. No, because they're they're not flooding. Like they're not giving you everything that was supposed to ship the last month and a half. Oh, really? They're gonna slowly trickle it out. So stuff that was supposed to ship in like May is now it might not be here till late June or July. Wow. So everything's staggered. Is where's most of the printing done? Type things. China. Is it China? Okay, I thought that it was probably a case because almost everything's done in sure. China. I think Eric Larson but... alluded that to one point because we were like, oh, I'm sure it is. Okay, like, yeah, probably cheaper. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Okay, I, I just was curious, and yeah, that well, would make sense I, I then know. why I mean, things would get delayed there, you know, type yeah. stuff. Doesn't it say inside a comic book where it was printed? I have no idea. I, I have looked. no idea. Does it say something like that? I would think it. It's in fine print that I can't read anymore. So my eyes aren't good enough. Printed in Belfast. I thought the DC ones were at the back. I don't know. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> I can't hold this back far <laughs> enough away from my face in order to read it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Printed by Transcontinental Printing Interweb Montreal. Montreal. The division oh, of wow. Trans. Continental Printing Inc. Butcherville OC QC Canada. So those are printed in Canada. A Warner Media Oh DC a Warner Media. Um, it even has the date. Amazing. This one was printed in the USA. Well, there you go. Printed in the in USA. USA. So I would assume all DC goes through Canada, but that one's in the United States. These are image books. Right. Do you have any? You don't so have look at Marvel. that. So it's not held up for China. It looks like Dark Horse, though. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. It's a mystery. Printed in Canada. I guess Canada's a lot. I guess it's not. Okay. China, like we thought. Okay. Okay. Maybe the trades are printed in China. Could be. Could be. I happen to have uh, older this, trades. Well, this makes sense. It's Yusagi Yojimbo. It's printed in Korea. Of course it is. Of course. But that's Japanese. You realize Korea and Japanese are not the same country. I know. Okay. I do. Just checking. So maybe IDW does all their hmm. printing in Korea. This one, way back in the day, Vertigo, mm -hmm. printed in Canada. Wow. Who knew Canada did so much printing? Boom. They got all those trees. Boom. <laughs> yeah. No, Canada. Canada. Yes. <laughs> I mean, trees. That is good. Sense. Yes. Hey, this one was printed in the USA. Wow. Boom. Yes, it was. Get my books a lot ordered. Yeah. Oh, man. Now you can't read anything. What about this one? Can't review anything, can you? A AWA Upshot. AWA. This was printed in Canada. Hmm. All right. Well, so okay, so we know that now. All over the place. All over now, the place. Now, every comic I read, except for China, where it's printed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everything but China. Well, why don't you guys do a review where I check every single book I no, have? No, 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 no. Any other news going once? Come How on. How did you not? You didn't collect that? In single issues? Yeah. I did not. Oh. I bought some of the trades. I'm, this was oh, printed in Canada. I see that. I think they've Why that you with all my books? I'm holding them up for you to put your thing back. Oh my god. Fables. Why are you touching my stuff? God, dude. Spoiler. I was trying to help you. It there we go. Never again. Good. Did you buy all the deluxe editions of Sweet Tooth? I have not. Okay. What about the first one? This is about to go out of print. So I had to buy it. That's it's right. It's about to go out of print. Don't print it again. 
And now when, Don? When? When the movie comes out. When, Don? That's going to be worth be a like TV show. $400. The first print. You can flip it. Sweet. I'll keep it. I like it. I was okay. So one other real quick thing. I was fall. I like. I follow. I'm friends with Andy Parks on Facebook. Aren't you special? And he has. He didn't have books for. He didn't have to see you, Dad, for when the movie came out. Well, like, he, he should have effing. Re, he should I have know. Been smart it went out no, he should have been smart and rebranded that bastard as Extraction. <laughs> well, well, that's or see you, Dad. You know. Yeah. But that book's you know, out of print. Extraction. Who knows what? I'm like. That's a dumb move. Why don't you? Print, 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 so does the value just go print, way print up the there? Can I, I sell, go sell yours on? I think mine's signed on too. eBay. I get big money for that thing. There you go. Well, I'll get on eBay and or Amazon and see. Oh, speaking of eBay, guess what is like actually selling for money? A little bit, not a lot, but um, like disinfectant. Black badge. Oh, really? Are they making it into a TV show? I don't know. Boom apparently has a first look deal with Netflix, so all the Boom series are like booming. Huh, see the point? Uh, but anyway, someone was saying like Black Badge was like going for money. I'm like, dude, I was like debating. I didn't really like that series. I was like, either I'm going to get rid of it or I'm going to bind it, but I don't really want to pay to bind it because I didn't even like it that much. Well, you better so, go so list it on I, eBay. I want to get rid of it anyway. I'm like, well, I might as well sell it on eBay and get a little bit of scratch. Heck yeah. I mean, but that was like a week ago. It's probably already bottomed out. like an hour into this thing, and we haven't even talked about comedy. <laughs> exactly. I keep trying to keep getting distracted, dude. Uh, Let me tell you. Well, I didn't read much, so it's you the, start. Yeah, I didn't read much either. So this All right, we'll start with The Resistance. This is the new book by AWA, which is the company started by Axel Alonso. When he got fired from Marvel, he went and he started his own comic book company, and he recruited a bunch of cool people like J. Michael Straczynski and no Mike Diodata Jr. Holy crap. And this is a six-issue series. It's called Resistance. This is almost a little too close to home. The, theory, the story is there's a huge... Isn't hand... Frank Martin a basketball coach? He's a colorist. Oh. Anyway, he uh, I think there's so. a virus that sweeps through the U.S. Or no, through the world and like wipes out a bunch of people. Like it's like all the governments are collapsing, society is falling apart, blah, blah, wow. blah. Then all of a sudden something happens and everybody starts getting better. Like just like that. Well, it turns out when this virus hit, it turned like a certain percentage of the population, a very small percentage, but it like gave them superpowers. So one of the people with superpowers actually sacrificed herself to cure like the rest, to wipe out this virus and save the world or whatever. But nobody knows. It's like a secret. So now there's this whole like group of people who are immune to the virus, but also got like superpowers. Hmm. hmm. And that's all the issue is. It's really just about the rising virus. stars type of. It thing. is, you know. It seems like Straczynski has been trying to tell like the same story in slightly different ways for like thirty years, like rising stars, and then he did. He's been trying to crack that like uh, Watchmen superhero deconstruction thing, and it's like he's, it's like he can't quite get where he wants to be, so he just keeps taking stabs at it. Because like Supreme Power was kind of that way, right? It was like Squadron Supreme, but you read Supreme Power, right? I did. I mean, that was the same kind of thing. It was kind of a Watchmen kind of deconstruction of what his superheroes were in the real world, blah, blah, blah. Rising Stars was kind of that way. I mean, he keeps hitting that same thing, but I really enjoy it when he does it. Well, so. he's a good writer, though, in he's general. He's a good writer, so yeah. I enjoy it. So it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, the Mike Theodata art was pretty cool. I mean, I'm used to him doing a little more flashier stuff. This is mostly just like uh, the world dealing with a virus for most of the issues. There wasn't a lot of dynamic, exciting things going on, but... Uh, 
it's cool. We'll see where it goes. Wow, that's it nice looks place. like you can pretty much sell them for like maybe ten dollars a piece if you're lucky. All twelve of them. Yeah, one to twelve for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, if I get a hundred bucks, that's not bad. Yeah. But not it bad. said sign number one, so one through twelve with a sign number one for ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah, and then another one through twelve. These are all signed, aren't they? Yes, and then another one to twelve set for sixty two dollars. Yeah, so even if I get fifty bucks out of them, and then you can get that's more like than I paid for them. One, two, three, four, five to five to six for around 50 or 60 bucks so yeah so i don't know we'll see yeah man if you could dump one through 12 for like 100 bucks not bad i'd take it because i don't like it and right i don't know what to do with them i probably would too i don't have the last issue though oh that's a problem maybe number 12 is gonna be worth the money money um but then but then you'll get a weird one where it's a number one for like 25 bucks See, that's what I never get about, like, eBay. eBay. Yeah. So right here, a number one for 25 and then right below it, a one through 12 set for twenty three ninety five. But so that one is paid, a, isn't, is one buy it now and one bidding, or is it both bidding? Oh, uh, no, these are, these are sold. Oh, okay. But this was, yeah. the set was sold on three twenty five, and the number one was sold on 5-4, so maybe that's a little bit... Yeah, that's yeah. a problem. But you always see hit. that. I like... know. Well, it's all about timing, dude. It's like with any of those it things. It is. Yep. So that's what I'm saying. I think right now, the iron is hot. I gotta go ahead and yeah, sell it before it peters out. Go. It's already... It's before too many out. people read it and realize, eh, this is only so-so, bro. Yeah, and I don't know why they think it's gonna be worth money, just because it might become a Netflix series. Because, because that's Walking all this Dead business is now. everything else. That's all... But, good. like, okay... October Faction became a Netflix show. It got canceled after one season. There's not like people clamoring for the first issue of that. So no. I don't know. There might have been that. I never heard about it. Really it really might have been. And I don't think anybody cares about Walking Dead anymore. The I issues. don't think they do either. Speak, number one. Speaking of Kirkman, uh, so Outcast is still going. It's getting it's really to close end, to wrapping though, up. I think there's only like four issues left or something. Oh, okay. So I had saved up a bunch. I read them all at once. It's cool. I mean, it's you can tell it's heading towards the end game. Uh, the one guy, Kyle, I think is his name. Yep. Him and like all his people are like all in like a camp, and they're kind of sequestered. And they've got like a wall around them. They don't let people in. How many issues is this? It's going to be forty-eight. Right I well, think I mean that you there. read here. Uh, this chunk. like I don't know eight. Okay, I think because I was like those. when the last one I read when I don't remember what issue it was. It was like felt like at that point in time it was getting to. Uh, you know, the cat was out of the bag. Yeah. It was setting up your good and evil. Now you went through eight issues, and you're just saying, it's still getting towards the end game. Well, it's there's been... like four issues left, so they're really gearing yeah, really. up towards the final but, battle. Okay. But, like, so they're all holed up in, like, a compound, and then, like, the bad guys are all kind of circling and trying to figure out how to come in, and they can't quite do it. I don't think they can do a frontal attack because uh, Kyle and his people, they can, like, grab onto him and, like, expel the spirit the out blackness. of the people yeah and so yeah, whatever the darkness so, you know they're they're gearing up for like a big final showdown is what they're doing i think i've read those or yeah, at least some have. of those because it sounds familiar yeah have you well they've been in this compound you've for read like, pretty much almost i think okay. i mean I, I got caught up a little while ago oh then you're probably caught up because i don't think i've been in this compound I've been holding for the better part of like 12 issues well, at least 12 issues 12 yeah. years since the beginning yeah, it's for a while. Well, that was my biggest problem with Outcast was thank God you gave it to me in this big chunk because I don't know if I would have stuck with it because it was, 
it's still good writing of Kirkman, but man, it was a slow burn. It is a slow burn. I really like the Paul as a set of artwork, so that helps me because I do, I dig his style. It's kind of uh, different, but uh, but yeah, it's a cool book. I mean, it's just it's time for it to be over. I think it probably could have been thirty issues and been just as good, maybe better. Hmm. But who knows? Outcast. But then All you right. can't get. But then you can't get four oversized nice hardcovers. It's true. He's all about the hardcovers. All right, I guess issues. one of you guys better do one because I just knocked out oh, Ghost my style, my pile. Okay, I'll talk about this one. So, all I read was the this horror series, and I read them out of order because I've been reading the. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I read. I didn't read them Sorry. out of order. I didn't read them out of order. <laughs> I, I didn't sit down and read all Basketball of Heads. And I didn't sit down and read all Dollhouse Dude, Family. I don't care. That one because the back has the backstory that goes through it. Yeah. So oh, I've been reading okay. it in order of that. Uh, the backstory. Okay, that yeah. makes more sense. Sorry, I thought you were like yeah, missing I issues I miss, and I other things. That, but, so I read um, three, four, and five of Basketball of Heads. So there should be one more Did you talk a little bit about this one? I did. Okay. Um, so there should probably eventually maybe be another final issue of that coming out because there was supposed to be six issues but who knows with the with the way chapter 10 of and, sea dogs so you the, the sea dog story is only like two pages okay. in the back of every book which yeah. i just I got ignored to thinking, it in mine because yeah i, I got to thinking like if they're gonna collect because each series is like six issues yeah if they're gonna collect them all in trades, a lightsaber how are they gonna collect sea dogs i don't know maybe it's a single issue only thing Maybe. But, Perhaps. Uh, anyway. All right, so, Maybe yeah. we're going to publish it as its own comic at the end. You digging that? 24 pages. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. almost all of these. Um, this one's probably one of my my favorites just because it's written by Joe Hill, and mm. I kind of like the concept. But, yeah, I, I mean, so there was, um, there was a breakout on this breakout of prisoners, and this girl was at the house at this house with her boyfriend and she the the um the convicts came to the house and she hid and Did came back out and she grabbed this axe and this axe when you chop somebody's head off with it the the head stays alive and talks to you and like hey there's my body over there what did you do to me oh, this really right. sucks because i was thinking <laughs> so. they need to be like the governor and just put the damn heads <laughs> in an aquarium and watch them and so it's really coming down to a whole, you know, the story's fleshed out, obviously, by issue five. But Alan Grimes is watching. Hi, Alan. Nice. What's up, sir? Um, you interrupted. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. Now so, so now it gets, it, it, it's, it's getting time. into, um, you know, there's more to the story. Um, the heads are talking to her and telling her, you know, what's going on. There's some double cross going on in your, in, you know, your normal... You know, so if you chop somebody's head off, you can't like trust the head afterwards. Yeah, no. Well, that's interesting. No, not from the heads. It's from other from other people oh, in the story. Like, gotcha. So the heads are trustworthy. Yes, the heads are trustworthy. Thank goodness. But uh, yeah, I I think she's got two two heads. So it's not really a basketball. Of heads it's only like a couple right now <laughs> like but they couple. are in a basket that's like false advertising. there might be three at this point i expect I at know. least four heads if it's called a basket full of heads uh, let me get there on that last it it maybe there are I, I only remember there might be three 
two at least, possibly three. But no, I'm I'm digging it. I mean, it's you know, it's it's so hard to do horror in comic books, like to scare you. You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna get scared. Well, at least not me. I mean, it's gotta be really because you're unscarable. No, it's Boom. just with the whole like I. You know, you get a creepy movie or a creepy, you know... It's amazing a, how important music is when it comes to, like, horror movies. Yeah. Like, uh, but, yes, that suspense Yeah, and but I think, else. you know, it's a good story. It's just, it's not, like... I always felt ah. that way about books, too. Like, everybody would tell me, oh, this Stephen King book is so scary. I'm like, can you really be scared by a book? You can just... Uh, stop You can it. just stop reading at any point. Right. I, mean, that, I think when I... I guess the, you can turn a movie off, but it's not quite the I same. I think the first time I read It, I, it was creepy. Like, but it didn't, like, scare me, but it was... It got close. When I compare reading a Stephen King book to watching The Shining, it's night and day, man. It's not oh, yeah. even close to the same thing. Yeah, The Shining's awful. <laughs> Jesus. It did not age well. It's, the Shining? The Shining did what? not. What? It's a classic. What are you talking about? Yeah, and I watched it too late in life. It did not age well. It's supposed to be... A, I haven't seen it for a while, but it's Stanley Kubrick, man. All his it movies is, age well. But it has a you lot of Did you watch Dr. Strangelove yet? It's a great movie. I still haven't watched that one. But oh I did God. watch uh, Dr. Sleep. Is that the one? Oh, that's yeah, a that's sequel. the new Shining. Yeah, it's a sequel to The Shining. It's actually pretty good. It's not too bad. But you think The Shining is crap? I did not like it. Let's put it that way. I could see why a lot of people at the time probably did, but like I said, could you at least was... appreciate like the directing and the cinematography? And yeah, the, yeah, the filmmaking, some of that. Yeah, but it was it's a it's got a very eighties type of soundtrack or something. I mean, yeah. it is just really it it, it the, there you go talking about soundtracks. It almost takes away from the beauty of the film because it is just so annoying now of how they're trying to put suspense in with this big organ like you know whatever it's just oh but yes there there is some good filmmaking and other things done throughout that Scott's, sorry it's bringing me down i don't know anyway all right good you talking like about it. anymore it's good now you sure yeah wow right, i'm your turn scott do a retro review I yeah some since you were retro type you things. Have any new stuff yeah that's okay i mean i've been busy you know what watching movies playing games this type sure. of stuff you know and things reading lots of rules for games so that kind of wow. takes away from some of that yep uh why the last man volume two volume two cycles so sickles you know i'm pretty sure as i'm reading through this that i did not i'm i bought a lot of the trades as they came out yeah okay so well, it's 10 trades total, when I started buying, you know, one and two and three, 10 was not out yet, you know, and stuff, nine and 10 weren't out there. So I remember reading this, you know, and going, okay, I'd read it. And then I'd have to wait, you know, freaking six, six months, months before the next, next trade. trade and stuff. And so then when I got to the, the 10th one, I didn't go back and read all of them. I just read it. Cool. I don't think I've gone back and read this thing since then because wow. I'm, I'm reading this one. You're and surprised again, aren't you? Some of it's surprised, but there's some things there where I'm going, hmm, this is kind of foreshadowing a little bit, you know, maybe in some different things, you know, and stuff. I think I should have, you know, picked up on that before. But, you know, now I'm realizing, you know, after reading this one in particular, I'm going, I don't think I've ever gone back to reread this after I had collected the whole thing. So, because that's like, oh. I should read them with you. I have those hardcovers. So, yeah. anyway, in this one, 
Uh, I don't think I've, I don't remember hardly anything about this book. I read it as it came out in single issues. Uh, you know, that's the thing I is that I remember the a lot. Or the hardcovers, and I remember nothing. I remember a lot from the start, and I remember how it ended. But I don't, I'm with you. I don't remember I don't a lot of the stuff in between. So, um, but yes, uh, in this one in particular, you know, at the end of the first one, they kind of wrap up things to, sh to basically it's introducing your main characters. You know, you're introducing Yorick, you know, your last man. 355, which is his kind of protector, bodyguard, or whatever, you know, type thing. And then you got Dr. Man, who's kind of the clone geneticist, you know, type of thing, person. Well, at the end of the first volume there, first six issues or whatever, they get to Dr. Man. Yeah, they introduce her, you know, and stuff. They're at her, you know, um, what would you say, lab yeah, there in New York, and it gets burned down, okay? Well, all the rest of her information is in California, so, of course, now it's road trip, you know, time. So this is starting essentially the road trip. They basically get onto a train. They stop off in Ohio. They find out that there's this beautiful little town there that's um, basically made up of a lot of ex-convict women type things. But they're sharp enough. They've lived without men long enough and things of this nature that they can get things back on like electricity and keeping things clean and whatever the hell else. And so it's kind of a bit of a utopia and things there. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Yorick's sister, Hero, is an Amazon and is caught on his tail trying to kill the last man. So She doesn't know it's Yorick. She doesn't know it's Yorick, but she finds out in this particular uh, section then. So, in this trade, that is Yorick. But she still doesn't care. She's been kind of brainwashed and whatnot. And I think there was probably some things there in their past where they make mention, you know, of who thought who was daddy's favorite, you know, or whatever else type stuff. So it was a little bit of sibling. Sibling rivalry. Sibling. Yeah. Sibling. Sibling rivalry. There you go. Rivalry. But it's still good. It moves at a quick pace, but, you know, it uh, kind of introduces a little bit of, you know, the tragedy and things that's in this, you know, post-apocalyptic world, you know, and stuff. And in particular, people that... Yorick gets attached to, you know, in different ways, you know, and things and how he has to deal with that tragedy and things like that. So you still have your your main characters there, but it's kind of like these side ones, you know, that get introduced and are, are gone, you know, in yeah. a lot of ways. So and I think that may be a bit of a reoccurring theme, if I remember right, throughout some of the series, you know, in different ways. But um, but yeah, it's it's. Still good, solid, and yeah, it's a quick read. It, you can tell it's almost, you know, I'm surprised that they haven't made something, you know. A, They're trying. A, I know, a series or something on it. I mean, it just has that feel of something that could be uh, put into a series yeah, pretty easily. Yeah, very cinematic. Especially after the stuff that they've done to date, you know, like Walking Dead and, and some of these others, you yeah. know, with the streaming services and things. So, definitely recommend it. Still just as good the second time around. Cool. That's good. Did you read Plunge? Is that in there? I read number one. I haven't read number two. Oh, that's lame. But I read the first one, so I kind of... You could do one and two. I can, I can do one, and you can Ooh. do two. Ah, you do if one I remember one. even what it's about. Plunge one and two. So, okay, I think I do. It's about a boat. Yeah. They're going so, to look for a boat. Yeah, they're going to look for a boat. So there's a ship that disappeared like 40 years ago. Yeah, sounds about right. Somewhere the off the coast experience. of... Well, it's up by Russia, I think. Yeah, because they didn't want to go. Because they didn't want to go. Russia seawater or right. Russia water. And so this company that owned the boat, it had some kind of... Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, 
new, black box new technology, uh, new like technology. breaking technology at the time, technology. groundbreaking to yeah. technology at the time, and so it just disappeared, like off the they disappeared off radar of everything, just subtly, suddenly. And then it just came back, like, 40 years later. Like they the, got a signal. The signal mm -hmm. came back. And so the company goes to hire this guy, like a ragtag crew. Like, just one guy and, like, three crewmen or whatever. That, that they stealth do, they technology do salvage. just, like, made it totally disappear for real, right? Something. Well, yeah. Something. And so they so end they up... They end up hiring them to go and 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 get this to go get this boat, and I can't remember if they get onto the boat like in the first issue. I think they find the boat and they end up like on an island, don't they? I I don't remember what happens in the what boat. happens in the second one. That's a good question. <laughs> but that's the, the second one. That's the so they're one. on an island. They found the boat, and they're basically exploring the island. They're finding mysterious things on the island and they kind of split up like any good horror movie oh. you know some guys stay on the island do some investigation some guys go back to the boat because they find like a dead body i think that happens in the first issue oh okay. like a dead body let me see the and this one's written by joe hill too no mine let me see the first one <sighs> because yeah, it's good I because mean, joe hill's not writing all the series, all he, the series he's just was... writing the basketball heads and then i think plunge so wow but yeah, but issue two, it feels like a very uh, typical but well written like horror movie. You know, it's like you got this crew, they start to you know, they find a dead body. You know, weird things start happening. Oh you know, yeah, they're on split up and yeah, they go to the island and find it. And it's got like some weird bugs, like some blue and... bugs crawling in its neck or yeah. whatever. So, but yeah, this second and issue, they talk. there's a lot the of the bugs talk. Yeah, it says it's all right if you need to scream. Mariah. Yeah, I won't spoil Mariah. too much. But in the second so. issue, they take that body back to the ship. Gotcha. And oh, the body like, comes alive. I was going nice. to say, that's starts, just, it sounds like the and, thing here. It starts now. sabotaging, basically. You know, the ship. It's like, so, oh my know. God. And a Haven't few people, they watched any and movies a, before? And a few of them never back. take it back to the ship. Alien. The thing. And the few <laughs> of them stay on the island to investigate further, and one guy finds like a cave that he like goes down by himself to investigate while the Is other Darth people are up there? above. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's like every horror movie trope. But like I said, the <laughs> the um the characters are pretty well written. I mean, they all have a distinct voice and he has a cool like, you know, little you know each character feels distinct or right. whatever and like I say, it's like a good horror movie. Yeah, I think I enjoy the art because it's Stuart Eminem or whatever. Those, oh yeah, you, those you two like series, it. even though I've only read like the first issue of Plunge, but I'm almost done with done with Basketful of Heads. Like out of all the series that I'm reading, like those two are more horror. Like you know what I mean? Like they're more. They seem more horror-y to me. Oh, I mean, okay. like, they seem like the same vein. Yeah. The other ones are just kind of like they're creepy. They're not uh, really horror. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I don't know. I'm not really explaining it very well. No, I think no, you I are. Think you Those perfectly. two kind of stand out, anyway. Cool. Uh, I'll do a couple of quick ones here. And uh, that's not—that's not to slight the other ones because I'm enjoying them. They're just—it's just a different type. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I read Folklords Five. It's into the series. That's number five. Oh, I was, well, I didn't even know you're buying that. I was not impressed with the series at all. It just felt yeah. like uh, just. I don't know. It just didn't really go anywhere. Right. It's just kind of wandering. I, and I'm just like, by the end, you're like. 
What was even the point? It's over. I don't even care. I hope there's wow. not more. That's great. Those are Matt it's Kent. Matt Kent writes it, but yeah. And Matt Smith draws it, who I like both those yeah. guys, but it I just didn't feel interesting at all. I passed hmm. on that series just because when I read the initial um, solicit, it just it was the same thing. It's like, well, this just seems more of the same. It doesn't seem like anything groundbreaking. Like, does it need to exist? Like, why is it? I didn't well, even want to try it. I like Matt Kent usually, and so I pretty much just... I used to just buy anything he does, right. but lately I think I'm going to have to start being more discerning because I just didn't dig it. I mean, it wasn't bad. It just didn't really scratch any kind of itches right. that I was interested in. I, yeah. But I mean, like I said, um, Usagi and Jimbo, are, have the, I'm buying the Color Classics and the new stuff. Right. So I've got... Did you see the color that, classics? That color then, classics, they turned it into a, a limited series now. There's only yeah. like, what, There's, seven of them? Yeah, six of them. They're cool, though. It's nice seeing the old stories kind of colorized. Um, yeah. This is, they're doing the classic, uh, they did like his origin, they're doing like his backstory. So it's pretty cool if you're like, if you've never read any hmm. Usagi Ojimbo and you're starting on a new series, this kind of gives you some cool, like, his origin story kind of, and some of the early stuff. I mean,. But uh, yeah, it's cool. And then the main series is pretty cool too. I'm still enjoying it. It seems like it's the first arc. I wasn't like super excited about the story, but it seems like as it's gone, it's gotten a little more interesting, exciting. Cool. Ninjas are in there and there's a little more intrigue. And I don't know, it's Usagi Ojimbo. You yeah. I've, you either like it or you don't, but it's it's good stuff. I usually save those up and read them in a big chunk. So. It's like strange because most of them actually else. read pretty well as English. Yeah. Um, you just have two more? I have three, three. but they'll go quick. All right. Oh, uh, Grindel, Devil's yeah. Odyssey is still really good. It's Matt Wagner art. He's stuck on, he keeps finding, it's kind of like Star Trek. Like every couple issues he finds like a new planet and just, and kind of runs into the inhabitants and has to like fight through the problems or whatever. This one got a little violent, but, uh, huh. you saw those intestines sprawled yeah. against the screen, but... Uh, cool. Grindel's cool. I like uh, Grindel, and I like I like futuristic Grindel way yeah. more than I like modern day Grindel. So this is right up my alley. Hmm. So cool because yeah. Grindel has like a lightsaber, Scott. So that makes it that much better. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everything the is better lightsaber. with a lightsaber. Exactly. Oh, All right, I'll take a break. <laughs> All right, I'll do Dollhouse. So I read the first one. So this is two, three, and four. You should have just saved these up and done them all. Yeah, I know, but I see. I thought and now you have to give us the whole concept again, like we already did that last week or last two weeks ago. That is an interesting that. cover. I won't jump into the concept. Do you want the concept? Nope. Okay. Somebody so, may. So the concept of this book is. So it's really it's playing in, it's playing in two different timelines. Oh, so you've got that's like the. Cool. Like early 1800s, and then you have like the 1980s. So, the girl in the 1980s, her her parents, her her dad's a bad dude. Like he beats his mom, and he drinks and gambles, blah blah blah. He's just not a great guy. Well, they get uh, a dollhouse gets delivered to their oh, house. Oh yeah, I remember this one. Yeah, and it was like from some long lost ancestor of the wife and so they have a little kid a daughter and so they let they give the dollhouse to the daughter well the dollhouse is full of dolls but she gets she goes down into the dollhouse and like plays in the dollhouse 
And but there's like a black room in the dollhouse, and it's like a sinister force or whatever that tries don't to don't go into the black right. room. And uh, so you may do whatever you want, just don't go into the black room. <laughs> right. And so at the end of issue one, and so of course at the end of issue one, she's got to go into the black room. Right. And the dollhouse <laughs> tells her that she needs to kill her her dad, and so she does. Oh yeah, I remember this. Right. And this so then the her issue. mom her mom gets takes the blame for it, basically. Her mom takes the hit for it. And so she goes to prison. Would you take the hit for your kids if they killed your spouse? Probably. I don't know. Wow. Maybe. I don't know. So anyway, she goes to prison, and the girl goes to an orphanage. Well, the dollhouse goes with her, and it's not a nice orphanage. Like, you know, most orphanages are portrayed. Like, yeah, the, it's an all-girl nice. orphanage, but they're all mean. Like, they beat up on her. What? Do all this crazy stuff. Um, the mom ends up dying in prison, and then um, one of the so one of the other the the kids that's always picking on her the daughter she goes into the dollhouse and she's there forever I guess so no. she finally gets out of the orphanage uh, I think she yeah she has like a. She has like a one night stand with this dude. She gets pregnant. She doesn't tell the guy that she, that they have that she's pregnant at all. They just met each other one time, and she doesn't track him down. So she has her own daughter, and she brings her daughter up. Does she give her the all by house? herself? Yes, the dollhouse comes back or whatever. So they they'll go back in time. Well, the guy that the the guy that's the the dad of the family it's not a real family they're just like a mishmash of of characters that live in this house but they act like they're a family like there's a dad there's a mom and there's kids but they're not married you know what i mean like it's not a family family and so the dad is actually the guy from the 1800s that built the dollhouse it's oh. like his kid or something like something happened so the dollhouse tries to suck in kids. The black room kids. tries to suck in kids. kids. Okay. And then they live in the dollhouse. House for but they have to get them to do something like like kill your dad or whatever. That's how they try to get them like they win them over. So anyway, back in when she's married or when she has her daughter, she gets into a car wreck and she goes into a coma and she wakes up and she ends up she lost her leg. And the little girl lost her arm. So they each have prosthetics. Well, she was in a coma for like six weeks. Well, somehow the hospital contacted her dad. The, the, the guy that was the dad that hasn't even met the daughter. Yeah. So he comes back into the picture and he's like been taking care of the daughter. And then when she gets out of the hospital, they're kind of hanging out kind of thing. Well, the house comes back, the black room comes back and tells the the mom that they basically they heal they tell her that if she goes into the house, they will heal her daughter. They'll fix her arm, arm. she'll be fine. Okay. And the mom's like, No, I'm not gonna do that. She's like, We'll be okay on her own, blah, blah, blah. Well then, so she's in bed and the husband they they get they start to get back together and they're getting ready to go to bed and she's like oh my prosthetics really itching and she looks down and her leg has been healed so that's where it ends 
the little girl, the, so the house made a deal to the little girl. Hey, she if you come live deal. in our house, we'll fix your mom. And the little girl took it. So that's where it ended. So That's where it ended. Look, it's a girl with a broken leg on the cover. Yeah, that's the mom. And the little girl has a broken arm, probably. That's awesome. Yep, see, broken arm. I got it. Broken leg. I got it. <laughs> but anyway, that's it. that's where that series is. Oh, I got it. You got it? I got it. Dude, I you read. should be excited that I actually remember stuff. Usually I can't even remember anything. That's true. And now when I remember stuff, now you're giving me crap about that. I thought that. you were good. I read Outpost Zero, which is an image series I had it bound up. Yeah. a jobber. Did you end up enjoying this? I did. I mean, it definitely works better reading it all at once. The basic concept is um, there's this big ship of human civilization that, like, crash-landed on this planet, like, I don't know, hundreds of years ago. And um, so they've basically been living inside this crashed ship on this planet because the planet is inhospitable to life. And they don't have the technology to get the ship running again. They don't have the technology to um, colonize any more of the planet. So they're basically just in this sort of dome, bubble, ship thing trying to survive for hundreds of years. And so they've created their own little society that um, lets them kind of... Divergent. Keep, keep subsisting or whatever to maintain and they, you know, people get married to have more kids. So there's been generations here. But it's basically following this group of kids who are kind of at the... They're just, they're just getting old enough to where they start, like, they're finished secondary school and they're going to do their apprenticeship to figure out what their job is going to be in this society. But the kids are all kind of teenagers and they're just kind of trying to navigate this very unique situation where they're, there's not, it's not like you can move away, you know, they're stuck here, you know, and they don't have a lot of options. And so that's kind of the theme of the book is, you know, being young, being stuck in one place, not really having a lot of options. Who's the artist on this? The artist is somebody who I've never heard of. It is Alexandra Tevenki. Hmm. But the writer is uh, Sean Kelly McKeever, and I've always enjoyed his stuff. He writes young people pretty well. Okay. But, uh, but anyway, it was pretty good. I mean, the series starts out with one of the kids in the group decides to basically go through the airlock out into the the Great hostile environment and die. So he basically commits suicide. And so the kids are trying to figure out why he committed suicide through most of the book, trying to figure out, one, how he got out the airlock because it's supposed to be secured, and then, two, why he did what he did because he seemed perfectly fine. And so there's a group of them, and, of course, there's kids within the group that don't like each other and so there's some internal conflict and uh it's interesting i mean there's some cool like uh it gets kind of like uh alien you know they they run to like an alien on the planet and they start communicating with it that kind of thing they find like a cool old robot or whatever that can talk to them that has artificial intelligence so it's got some cool little things did they like feel that. did you feel like they had to really start uh speeding up towards the end in order to kind of wrap it all up or a little bit i'm sure it could have gone further but i felt like they must have had enough of a notice that the book was ending soon enough that they it didn't feel rushed to me it felt fairly compact i mean obviously it could have kept going and there was a little bit of kind of compressing at the end maybe but i thought it worked pretty well okay self-contained type story so it wasn't too bad because you always worry about that if they have to rush it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. cram it all in. Yeah. But it didn't feel like that too much. I mean, it's not quite as uh, 
doesn't feel quite as planned out as like something like Paper Girls or something where you can tell yeah. that, you know, Brian K. Vaughn can make that story as long as he wants it to yeah, be, right? Yeah. Because he's got the sales, he can tell exactly the story he wants to tell. It didn't quite feel like that, but it definitely felt, you got some closure and stuff. Cool, cool. So. I might swipe this one. All right, cool. I thought you read that. You read I did read the first oh, couple of them. Gotcha. It's a slow burn, so it's not really ideal to read like that. So yeah, it probably will be mean that I'll like know exactly, you know, nothing will have left off. I can just jump right to like last one and go, oh yeah. What do you got? Two? Yeah, I was thinking, are you do you wanna read yep. have you ever read Sweet Tooth? Uh yeah, I have read oh, okay. the, right. probably like the first trade I think that you had. Okay. So cool. I'm familiar with it. I was gonna say if you wanted to read it, I'd give it to you and then we just talk about it next week. It's all good. It's all good. I have, so two. I have two. I think Scott should probably go because he. He only has one. I only got the one. All right, it's fine. I'll talk well, about it. Okay. No, you do. I just did one. All right. I'll do this one. I'll go real fast because it won't. It will. <laughs> the low, low woods. Because I really, real I remember a little bit about it, but I, I it's not like one of my favorite. It's yeah. Okay. There's some fast. creepy creatures that live in the woods. <laughs> Kid. All right. Okay. <laughs> no, I thought Dom might do that. Uh, All right. So creepy critters. Sorry, taking longer. Than yeah. That. So there's this town in Pennsylvania. It's a mining town. And um, have you guys ever heard? I think this is loosely based. Like I remember Cold somewhere in Pennsylvania. No, somewhere in Pennsylvania, Carrie? where the where the the town caught on fire, and it's like still burning. Like it's been burning for like 30, 40 years, and like everybody had to leave. Well, they have a tire plant. No, it's all coal, like oh. under the ground. Oh, cool. Like it caught on okay. fire and it's just been burning and burning I and they can't put that. it out. You've I never heard of I that? I had heard of something weird yeah. like that. Scott makes you so anyway, that's the premise. This city, this town is like that town, huh. kind of, sort of. Um, but so it's your coal, it's a coal mining town in Pennsylvania. Everybody's poor. Nobody knows how to do anything else. The mine that caught on fire and it's still burning, so it's not safe to mine anymore, but people still stick around. Um, and so there's these two girls, they're best friends, they're like Besties. teenagers. BFF. But the, th the weird thing is, like, everybody, so they're both gay, but they're not, like, together. They're just okay. friends. Springs. And this other girl, it seems like a really small town to have a lot of lesbians in it. Because there's another girl in the high school that the one girl is, like, dating. But she doesn't really want people to know that she's gay I guess and so she's kind of skittish so they kind of break up kind of thing but the whole thing kind of like this is all kind of backstory but the whole thing so there's these woods and they've always told the kids to stay out of the woods and so like they flash back to like when they were kids and they go into the woods I think it was when they met and like some weird creature like comes after them and they run away and don't like tell anybody. Sunday and so now it flashes back to like now and they're like hanging out because they get in a fight over something I don't remember, and then one of them's in the woods, know, and, some type of weird, and then there's like, like yeah, some kind of weird thing, can... weird deer thing, and then later on, there's like almost like a humanoid creature or whatever that comes after him in the woods. But that's about that's about it. I'm not really sure where this one's going yet. After three issues, I don't really have a well, handle on it. Especially the fact that she's got like a black hole in her stomach or something. Oh yeah, the that girl. That's why, because the one that's a girlfriend, she's like. Who's skittish? The reason she's skittish is because she has like a black hole in her stomach. <laughs> in her stomach, yeah, yeah and it's hereditary stuff. because mm. her mom has one as well. Because <laughs> she freaks out 
and kicks her out. And then she comes back and talks to her later. And she's like, yeah, I, I have to show you something. Because she can usually control it, I guess. Her during black hole the day. In her right. Her black hole Didn't you read stomach? another book about like a yeah, dude with collapse, a black hole in his collapse stomach? Collapse or something. Yeah. And I said, you can't have a black hole right. in your stomach? Well, I don't know there's a black can't. hole. It's just like something freaky. Physics says no. But, uh, well, <laughs> this is comic books. It's just like TV, dude. Like but anyway, that's she kind of freaks out, and so she has physics at all. Her mom can't control it, so like her mom's just been like bedridden for like twenty years with like laying in bed with this black hole, like half of her gone. Look at that so, cover. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So huh. anyway, interesting. That's the Lolo Woods. Apparently, not one of the not better one of my, ones. Not one of but... my more favorite, but it's all right. But it still could be solid. Yeah. We'll see. Ah, Sweet Tooth. This is by Jeff Lemire. I read like a couple trades. So I've, this is the first hardcover. There's three hardcovers. I think there's six trades. I'm pretty sure I've read everything that was in here. Uh, How many? I, I've been meaning to buy the hardcovers. It's 12 issues. I 12, so it goes to 36. I couldn't remember. I think so. It might only be 10. I don't freaking know, but there's three of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's 12 issues. Three hardcovers. So somewhere around 36. 35 to 40 extra. issues or something. Yeah. I don't know. This book was so good. So, um, great. I always get to read this. I, I started buying the trades. I, I never read the whole thing. Just the Then I saw they had deluxe editions, so I was going to do those. I had them, like, in my cart on, like, a website that I order a lot of my trades from. And then number one was out of stock. But they still had two and three. I'm like, well, that doesn't do me any good. So then I found another website that still had one in stock. So I knew I was buying some other stuff from that website. So I went ahead and added this Pulled on there. Pulled the trigger, huh? And bought it. And then I checked like a few days later and that website was now sold out of volume one. So I agree that we'll be back in print because apparently this has been picked up by Robert Downey Jr.'s production company and they are fast tracking the hell out of this sh to make a TV show. Out really? Of are they? Um, they even That's have worth $400. They right? even have actors attached to it. So I'm sure it will be back in print. And I guess Jeff Lemire announced just this week that he's doing more Sweet Tooth. Oh, cool. Um, I don't but know anyway, how. Well, yeah, I guess I do know how. So anyway, the premise of the book is that there's a big virus. Apparently every book starts with a virus, mm -hmm. which is weird in today's day and age. But anyway, so the virus starts killing everybody, and then everybody who has children, who gets pregnant or, you know, has children after the virus hits, their children come out as like these half-human, half-animal hybrids is what they call them. And so Sweet Tooth has been living in the woods with his supposed parents, and... Um, his dad dies and he's all on his own while some people come looking for him and some big gruff dude comes and kind of rescues him and says, I'm going to take you to a nice place where they take you people and they kind of give you a place to live. It's, I don't know, he has like a name for it, but it's some like, like sanctuary, a reserve, sanctuary. A reserve sanctuary where he can be safe and all that. And so he takes him there and this dude's like a badass and they run into some people on the way and he just mows through them because he can kill anybody and he's like a tough dude. Anyway, so he takes him to the sanctuary. Well... When they get there, instead of it being this nice place, it's more like a lab, and he turns them over to him and basically sells them to him. Right. And he they and they hand him thing. a big duffel bag of something that they give him in exchange for Sweet Tooth handing him over. So then the next arc is basically Sweet Tooth being in this lab, and it turns out that Sweet Tooth does not have a belly button. And the scientist guy who's trying to figure out what the hell's going on with these hybrids and how it relates to the virus, he's amazed by that because Sweet Tooth says he's like nine, and the virus hit like seven years ago. He's like, well, that's not possible if you're only nine. And then he looks and he doesn't have a belly button. He's like, um, you weren't born, dude, because you don't have a belly button. You don't have an umbilical cord. You're, maybe you started this virus. Maybe you're like 
Maybe they cloned you or did some kind of weird hybrid and you started the virus. So he's trying to figure it out. So the dude's like doing all these experiments on Sweet Tooth trying to... I think he puts him in hypnosis and tries to like have him look back and try and like get like information out of him because he can't remember. You know, he's trying to get stuff. So while that's going on, the dude who turned him over, well, we get his backstory. Apparently, he was kind of like a... I guess he was like a hockey player. Jeff Lemire was a hockey player. Mm -hmm. And he was like, and he was like an aging hockey player, and he was basically the brawler of the team. And after a while, that's all he could do was fight. He couldn't actually play that well anymore. Anyway, he had this wife that he loved, and when the virus hit, they kind of went on the road, and they were trying to kind of. Well, his wife got pregnant, right? And then um, they got taken in by these same people who are now doing experiments on Sweet Tooth, and they got kind. They said they were friendly, and of course they went with him, and then they got there, and they ripped his wife away and threw him in like a jail cell or whatever. Because they wanted his wife was pregnant, they wanted to see what she. They wanted to do experiments on her to see what she gave birth to. Blah blah blah. Well, she dies in childbirth, hmm. and this guy gets pissed and he's still in the cage. He say, "Well, you know, if you can bring us a hybrid, we'll give you your wife's bones or whatever." And that's what he was doing. He was getting a hybrid so he could exchange that to have his wife's bones, so he could take her bones home to like put them in the ground at her house so that she could be at rest, like yeah. where she grew up or whatever. And so that was his thing. Well, then at the end of the book, he's all he does that, and he feels like he just wants to die because he's done what he wanted to do. Mm. But then he's like, well, then he kind of has like a tinge of conscience or whatever, and then he kind of is on a, a tear to go and get Sweet Tooth back. So he's that's how the book, the second arc ends, is he's gonna go. He's ready to break rescue, him out, rescue Sweet Tooth because he feels bad for what he did and he did what he wanted to do with yep. his wife's bones and stuff. So that kind of where it leaves us. But it's really well done. It's Jeff Lemire. It's you know good stuff. Mm -hmm. So. That's cool, yeah. I didn't buy the single issues because I didn't get into it late either, but I bought all the trades. Yeah. And then when that when they solicited a hardcover, I thought about buying it, but because I really liked the story, but I was like, I was kind of past the point of like double and triple dipping. Yeah. And I'm just I, like, trades, I have the I trades, the I'm like, I'm not gonna buy the hardcover, so I I opted out on that. Yeah. But it's a nice presentation. I like the. Yeah. I like the. Like I said, I like that version that DC does with those books. There's a few of these Vertigo series which I feel like I'll go back and read a few times. So I don't mm -hmm. mind having the hardcover because I kind of like having it in a nicer book. Yeah, and then they give you like little extras and stuff. Yeah, I don't really care about the extras that much. I mean, I just want to have something right. else. You know how I tear up trade paperbacks. So right. if there's an option in trade paperback and a hardcover, I'd always take the hardcover because yeah. they don't fall apart in my hands. Like Exactly. Cool. You want me to go? Or what do you got? Go? You got uh, one left? Yeah, I got one left. We all got one left. Oh my gosh. I read Ooh, Sandman. 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 Bored. More, it wasn't bored. <laughs> it was just uh, looking what I hadn't read for a while on my shelf, you know, Your type Sandman things. Sandman Library. Yep. Yeah, of course, Trains this is like the twelfth printing, I think, of Sandman oh, sure. or something like that, Probably you know, like type things. No, it is the twelfth. <laughs> so yeah. Well, I was looking, but they're probably like in like the, the freaking thirtieth printing. Yeah. Do you know my white last man? It's first printing. Nice. Ooh, yeah. So, but anyway. Bank. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> there we go. You you've got that, and Drew has the first printing of Sweet Tooth. You yeah, we're set. So this starts off the Neil Gaiman uh, Sandman series. Uh, which I don't know how many issues it was. Probably around 60. Oh, 75? Okay. Were there 10 trades? There was 10 trades. Probably. That's why I was going, eh, it's probably somewhere so seven and a half issues. There's trades. four absolutes. Is there? Wow. Do you have them all? Three. Mm -hmm. You do have all the absolutes. Now, are you a Sandman fan then? 
No. Or did you, you just buy it? Be- well, that's what I wondered. I mean, <laughs> did you just buy it because, wow, I okay. like he likes, Damon. He uh, buys all the absolutes. I don't. He used to. I really don't. I, I used to buy. Uh, so I I have like one and two. I have issue one and two of Sandman. Because this came out like when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. I was like probably 16 or 17. And it wasn't really what I was into. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. was. It was above my head probably or just not well, what i was into it's still above my head right so. right but a friend of mine that i was in high school with he had some of them and i got i got into it um but i never bought all of them and it was always something that everybody's like oh you have to read it you have to read it and they came out with the absolutes and i love the absolutes and i think it was i had some money laying or like i got a bonus at work or a tax refund or a birthday or something and they were all there, so I dropped the cash on the absolutes so that I could read it. Wow, it's I like the series. It's but good. I've only you know, read it one time, right? All the way through. I, I've, I I'm need to go you. back and reread. I think that. I've only read it one time, all the way through from one through ten. I would pick them up, you know, gradually. You know, I haven't gone back, you know, and read them all probably again. The one that I probably read the most is probably Volume One. In different ways, just because there's some things I think they come back to it in a way. I like Seasons of the Mist. That's probably one of my favorite. Is the Seasons of the I Mist. I couldn't even tell you what happens in any of them. That's been so I think long it's Seasons of the them. Mist. Is that? Yeah, that's that's well, this is hell. cool. He goes to it, hell. It does tell you the all these ones in here, but yeah. uh, it's the one where he goes to Lucifer. That's a good one. Seasons of the Mist. Well, yeah, where the that's probably quits. true. Where probably they're <laughs> he having has to, to take over hell. Yeah, right? I was going to say because they have the whole. This kind of sets up some of that because of the fact that there's a part in there's an issue in this one where he has to go to hell to get his mask back. So yeah. overall, this is introducing Neil Gaiman's version of Sandman. Okay, and Sam Keith does the artwork like in the first uh, three. Few? They say yeah. you know I think he actually did some maybe layouts all the way maybe to six, but um, you can definitely tell that there's a break there somewhere. Uh, Sam Keith is his artwork is. So so incredible for this type of story um and you can tell then kind of where it changes there over uh, do, do they have the double page spread where they show hell is that in this there is a on? double page spread where i they saw kind of like the original artwork they had the original artwork for that for sale like years ago oh really on, and it was like thirty thousand dollars or oh, something like years ago but that's a cool so the overall spread. gist of this though is that Sandman is a character. He's he's a person, you know, type thing. He's one of the endless. He's dream. So he is dream. That's right. Morpheus. And, and known by many names, but one of them is dream. <laughs> dream. And the idea is, is that he's the person that helps, you know, bring dreams, you know, nightmares, that kind of whole, you know, other universe in a way, you know, of things. Well, you really, you know that, He's one of this endless. It really starts off with some humans that are into the occult and things of this nature. They're after to try to capture death. And it turns out they actually capture Dream instead. And they keep him, they go, okay, well, we'll try to use him to see if we can get death. And we'll, you know, keep him cup in this bubble, you know, glass type thing until he ta- talks. And he's like, fuck, I'm one of the endless. Shit, I don't care. You guys just, I'll just outlive y'all. You know, type things. So he spends the better part of like 70 years in this damn jar or something to that close. Maybe 60 or so. 
before somebody makes a mistake and you know they break the seal so to speak that he's in you know encased in and he's able to get out and and uh, basically try to have revenge you know on whatever but part of the thing is he had a couple tools when he got captured you know uh, in particular he's got his little pouch of sand you know to try to help with dreams he's got a mask and he also has a like different jewel ruby necklace type of thing that had and each one of these tools have some of his power involved in them so a lot of what this first series is is him trying to regain those tools that he lost when he got captured and and kind of introducing some of the supernatural that goes with it and in particular then he you know he gets all of his tools back and then the last issue in this one kind of introduces his sister who is death and they have a conversation you know about you know what are they doing you know and stuff of this nature and what he should be doing next so it's very, it's Neil Gaiman. He's a great war writer. I mean, part of the problem I have in some of this is it's very, it can be very dense in some parts. Mm -hmm. You know, he likes a lot of symbology type things and trying to not maybe let the reader, he doesn't just spell things out. You right. know, he wants to try to throw these little hidden phrases, you know, bring up works from other authors, maybe whatever it is, you know, type things. And kind of Alan Morrish. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you feel but that. In a different I mean, way. it's you got the a lot of those English guys Grant you know, all the time. Grant Morrison, uh, Alan Moore. Um, golly, there was somebody else in that time frame too. I, I don't remember that they even referenced to, but uh, you know, it's kind of in that next great, you know, kind of author in in some of that. You know, it's interesting because you can. Tell some of this, you know, was him trying to gain his footing, you know. Maybe the Neil was more of a... They even say that he'd written a little bit in comics, but not yeah, a whole this lot. Was his, this was his really his first longer series. He tried to, you know, to try to write something that maybe had showed that it was part of the DC universe. You know, there's like a little cameo from Martian Manhunter. Uh, there's a little thing of Constantine in there. You know, some of this where he's like, okay, see, I'm part of this universe, but I really don't know what the hell I'm writing with these comic book characters. I really want to just focus on mine, you know, type yeah. thing. So a lot of it is set up to show I'm part of this universe. Here's who my character is. And by the time that you get to that last issue, it's like, oh, you kind of can start telling now that he's got his own world building that he wants to do, you know, and, yeah. and, and really this is different than, say, a superhero universe type of thing. You know, and I just felt like by the time you get to that last issue, it's, it's him trying, to, okay, I got that shit out of the way. Now here's the story I want to tell. And it's almost, you know, it is the prelude, you what? know, almost to some, some more. Yeah, he was Vertigo, but, I mean, this was Vertigo. Well, this was before Vertigo. Vertigo. Yeah, right. there's they, a nice they uh, stuff they talk about. Vertigo, but this was really the first vertigo well they talk about really. that in the forward of this you know and ba basically that it was before vertigo yeah. and that they helped this use they use this essentially to help them launch that vertigo right imprint. they're you like know, this works so that's right we're gonna so do a whole gonna go series and then they back this into vertigo i mean they sucked it in yeah but now yeah. what's interesting is that the the forward is I think is from like what the editor or something Karen, like that. Karen yeah. yeah, who yeah. you know kind of talks a little bit about yeah, hey, we've we had these conversations. Here's how we got started and things. And then the back it talks it has a conversation with Neil in which a lot of you know crossover there in you know certain respects. They both kind of said yeah, they're in the middle. They kind of faltered at this one, but you know uh, you could tell definitely by the end and the introduction of death that he's 
that he had a greater story to tell. And, yeah. uh, you know, the fact of Sam Keith, who also, I guess at that point in time, wasn't doing much comic, uh, full comic art, you know, yeah, type stuff. He was probably, that was probably some of his very first work. Yeah. His first work. Well, yeah. It sounded like it. And he wasn't totally prepared for this. And so that's why he, he made some mention that he's like, I feel like I'm the wrong, you know, drummer in the wrong band or something like this, yeah. you know, type thing. Didn't Sam Keith do like Dragon Force or something? Was that like his first work? Who was it that was Dragon? Dale Keown. Dale Keown. Okay. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So this okay. might've been Sam Keith's first stuff. He, if he did anything, it was something small. Yeah, right. something small in there, maybe. After that, he started doing some stuff for Marvel, and he kind of developed his style. This yeah. doesn't, doesn't really look like Sam Keith. No, you, you get a little I mean, bit of it. You do get some of it. It definitely, I mean, it, it's him, but I mean, he develops it more. He yeah, develops he it, and he goes more cartoony. Yeah. He goes real more. I mean, that, I mean that's the only way to describe it. It is more, like, the Max is more yeah. cartoony. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, some of his other stuff, like his... His Marvel stuff, like Wolverine, like in Marvel Comics, yeah. presents like all those covers. I mean, they're really cartoony. Very yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. But yeah, he isn't quite there. Yeah, I don't know though. I've always I felt like his art though, even in this though, in that early part, is it so, does look like him. Yeah, it's it good. just feels so dark in whatever else with this story that he's telling that right. it just works so well with this whole almost revenge you know and hey i'm getting this you know type stuff and yet has a certain cartoony feel too especially feeling light but almost horrorish and you know in some of those parts i think of hell you know and things so uh, how much money he made off that who? Sam Keith, because he did like. I mean, how many times those issues have been reprinted? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, mm -hmm. did they have that back? I, mean, I don't were know. They paying royalties at that point. I don't know. Does he get residuals or something? Probably mm -hmm. not at that time. Who knows? Well, twelve times. Yeah, at least. But overall, I mean, oh, it's I good. It's an introduction to things. I may still keep on going. It's just the fact that as I was reading through this, I was realizing, yeah, there may have I been a reason that. I only read it okay. once. You know, type things because it's. It, it is, is very it is dense, very you know, dense. and some of that type of stuff. Well, you know, I borrowed yours and read them, and it's good. It's just, Sandman always gets built up to be this such an amazing thing. And when I read it, I'm like, well, it's good, but it may not just be my thing as much. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. it's well done, and I appreciate it, and I think it's, you know, an amazing comic, but it's not like is this I, get, the diner? I don't is get the enough diner? enjoyment out of yeah. it to reread okay. it a bunch of times. It's just not my style, you know? I think it's just because Neil Gaiman, he's a good writer. He's just not necessarily my favorite writer. Yeah. Like, I read American Gods, and it was the same kind of thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's well-written. I enjoyed it, but it's not like, it didn't, like, blow me away or made me want to, like, read it. Again. Right. I mean, well, I thought it was solid. There you go. I mean, American Gods was solid. I mean, it kept my yeah, it overall good. attention, you know, yeah, and things of that nature. But, you know, it may not be, save, yeah, my favorite of type stuff, you know, and things. Yeah. My problem is, is I think I'm, I remember with you, too, there's certain ones of those 10 that are better, way better than others, Other, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the thing. It is that meanders a little bit. As you're reading through this, you hit those certain ones that you're just like, oh, my God, this is so much better than anything else. Yeah. But it's... You know, kind of finding that little diamond in the rough yeah, here and there. You know, and you then you hit that and you're like, wow, that was amazing. I'm going to keep reading some more, you know, type things. And maybe try to get that feel again. And then 10, 12 issues later, boom, there's another one, you know, or something yeah. like that. Uh, even though as a whole, I don't know if it's the, the best thing ever, though. There's know. a lot of stuff you have to kind of drudge through. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree on some cases like that. Which even like this one, you know, I mean, there's certain ones in here that I don't think are as good as others. I mean, even the the guy that he gets his diamond, you know, from. Now, there's that issue of the diner, which is wow, that one's like creepy and has this weird uh-huh. T feel. But then the very next issue, it just is like, oh well, I got to write an issue so I know that uh, Dream gets his damn power back. Okay, <laughs> you know, and it's. I mean, it tries to be a little grandiose, but it's it's really, it's just a filler. It's not all that good. Right. And then you get to the next one in which he introduces death, and it's like, oh, wow. You know, I mean, it's almost heartbreaking in, in some of that, you know, type stuff. You know, so it it, it definitely has its ebb and flows in, yeah. in this. Yeah. I'd so. like to go back and read them. I mean, I invested a lot of money in the store. There you go. Well, <laughs> it's to read it again. So now in quarantine, I'm kind of going back and going, huh, maybe that's something that I can read. Alright, I'll do this and then you can do that because this is going to be really quick because I really don't remember a whole lot about it. Alright, so <laughs> I'm really committed to buying all of these, but the big draw on this one was Kelly Jones artwork. I love Kelly Jones. So Kelly Jones does like creepy stuff pretty good. What else does he do? Creepy stuff. Um, Batman. That's he did Batman okay. Forever and then he did that book. Uh, what was that? The, like a Viking the Crusades. Book? Yeah. Crusades. Which was good. I mean, but yeah, you'd probably just know him from Batman. Batman. Well, I mean, you probably don't know him at all, but <laughs> if anything, <laughs> you'd probably know him from Batman is probably what he's done the most of, or okay. is most famous for. But Okay, so anyway, there's this girl. Her name is Daphne Byrne. Um, well, that's what the book's called. Yeah. Nice. She's Sweet. like a teenager-ish, I think. Her Her dad has passed away. They have some money, her mom, because I, I, and I think it's like probably in the 1800s, because it's kind of Victorian age type stuff is what it looks like. Um, but anyway, her her dad passes away. They have a little bit of money, but it, it seems like it's running out. Um, money does. Yeah. And uh, the mom has started going to see this uh, a psychic because they told her all the right things and she believes that she's speaking to her dead husband or whatever. Um, and then the daughter, the daughter starts, um, well, she's in a dream and this guy comes, this guy comes to her and says, you know, I can, I can take I you can to your father, blah, blah, your blah. Dad yeah, I can bring your, I can take you to him. I can let you see him, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, so in the dream, she has to, he says she has to sacrifice this pig. And then, so she does and then when she wakes up she has blood all over her hands like when she wakes up and mm-hmm. then the next issue it's kind of that dude is like following her around but you don't know if he's like real or not just trying to get her oh, hey come over here so i don't really it's only two issues that's about the story it's just her trying to get back to her dad and there's this guy that can show up in her dreams and show up in real life and i don't know that's all i know i don't you really know went all going. in on these hill comics didn't mm-hmm. you that's interesting you're not even a big horror guy. Why don't you just pick a couple? I it mean, just, this Kelly Jones one makes sense. Yeah, the Kelly Jones one did. Um, just, makes sense. It seemed like an interesting idea. Cool. And I thought I would give the line a try. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. So, I mean, that's really kind of what I did. But, yeah. But, yeah, I would have bought this. This would have been one I would have bought just because of the Kelly Jones. Jones. I hear you. Um, and I'm a big fan of his art. I bought the first deluxe edition of Fables like a while back, but never read it. That's an eighth printing. Thank you. Eighth? That's a fourth. And printing. then I got book two, and so I figured, <laughs> wow, oh, I'll start reading this. Is it deluxe editions? Because I never finished Fables. 
I mean, I read quite a few of Scott's trades over the years. Yeah, How many of them are read. there? Because there was there's, 150 issues, but... There's it, 15 of these. Is 15 there... 15 of those? Because I think there was... Oh, what, how many trades were there? 20? I think there's like 20 trades. 20. And the last so, issue was like a whole trade. Yeah, yes, it was. was like whole trade. Yeah. Because the first one is 1 to 10, but the second one is only like 11 to 18. But they threw in the last castle. Right. Because he did a lot of like side He scenes. did a lot of side stuff. One shots and special. Yes. But where are you going to catch up? Because you're already behind. I don't know, dog. I'm just telling you this. No, I understand, but that's what I'm just... I'm what do you mean by you're already behind? Yeah. Because if you're doing 15 trades, 10 issues a trade, you're already behind on the second one because you're only eight up to 18. To, yeah. They must get thicker. They may. They may. But yeah, more expensive. 15. No, I think they're all the same price. Are they? But, um, you just got too. ripped up. So ripped off in that second one, huh? So. No, you're getting yeah, the same amount of stuff. Well, story. when I was looking at them, I was like, it is odd how they they keep collecting less, you know. I'm like, why? Because most of these hardcovers are like twelve issues, and it's yeah. like, first one's ten, okay, and the second one's like only like eight plus a special. I'm like, yeah, but whatever. Anyway, um, so fables first arc is kind of a murder mystery type thing. I've heard people say that it's not the strongest thing and that it doesn't really get good to the second arc, but I enjoyed the first arc. I, I did thought it too. was good. I thought it was pretty it's well done. It's introducing the pieces and things what of that nature. What I did notice is, is Land Medina does art in the first one, then Mark Buckingham takes over in the second arc. I love Mark Buckingham's art a lot more than I like Land Medina's art. Yeah. He just has a much smoother, cooler. He stays style. on it for the whole run, and I think he ends up being a, the main, the main guy with a bunch of fill-ins kind of people right. around he him with some little special guests. Yeah, there, I don't think overall, he does the whole thing, he but he definitely does a good chunk of it. And oh, he yeah. does stay on. I think Lam Medina drops off. He did some stuff in the second book, but the second one is pretty cool. It's like so people don't know what Fables is. Basically, um, it's it's all the fables like. You know, Snow White and Rose Red and Pinocchio and all those kind of fancy fairy tale stories. Well, they all lived in like the Fable Land. Well, they all got a bunch of them got driven out of the Fable Land by the adversary, and they they basically escaped through a portal and they came to our world. And so they're trying to assimilate to like our society or whatever, or trying to trying to live in our world, but. You know, not they have all really, sorts of spells and they're yeah, trying to like, not you really know, show themselves and right. show themselves and not show. And so anybody who can't pass as like a human, you know, like the talking pigs from the Big Bad Wolf or whatever, you know, they have to go live in a place called the farm. And there's like this whole different town called the farm where they put all those people because they can't because I guess magic costs money and it's expensive and it takes a lot of energy to like make people look human. And so they don't have enough energy with them. And so. Anybody who can't afford, like, a glamour and, you know, they can't, the fable town can't do it, so they have to live on the farm. So the second arc is about how the people on the farm are mad because they don't get to ever leave the farm. There's, like, a revolution, and so they have to put down, like, a revolution and deal with that. There's, like, some mm. traitors and stuff. And so that's, like, the second arc. And then the third arc is Storybook Love, and um, that's the main one of the book two. And so basically, it's uh, Snow White and Bigby. He's the big bad wolf, but he looks human or whatever. Well, Snow White's kind of like the administrator of the town. She's like kind of right under the mayor. She kind of does all the day to day stuff. And then Bigby she is actually like. She runs the town. Yeah, she really runs it. And then uh, Bigby, he's like the town sheriff. So they kind of work together. Well, I guess Bigby's kind of had a thing for her for a while, but she does not reciprocate. Well, they get oh, wow. bewitched and like sent off into the. Of years. So they get, <laughs> they get bewitched and sent off 
because there's like a plot in Fable Town to like kind of take it over. Um, and so they get bewitched and sent off like camping off and then someone's going to go assassinate them. Well, it doesn't work. And then they wake up like three days later in like a tent and they don't know what's happened or whatever, you know. So the implication is maybe they had relations they don't know or maybe they were just out here camping. No, but they don't remember. So anyway, they foil the assassination attempt. They get back to Fable Town, save the day, blah, 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 all that good stuff. The kicker at the end, though, is turns out Snow White is pregnant. <laughs> And she's like, what happened in those three days? It's like, dude, I was bewitched just like you. So, anyway, so that's the kicker. And then the end of the book, too, they collect the last castle, which is the story of the very last stronghold in Fable, Fable World, where they, like, everybody got out who could get out right before they lost, like, their last foothold in this. Is that with Boy in Blue? In Fable World. Yeah, Boy Blue's in it. It's a pretty cool story. It has a cool little twist, and it's interesting, and... Yeah, I really I actually remember a lot of that. fables for reading all of them and how yeah. long it's been. I actually remember a lot of it. I guess it just made an impression on me. Yeah, it's oh, a good book. Yeah. It's like an excellent book, and I've enjoyed oh, it. Yeah. Like I said, I got through quite a few that Scott gave me, and I just kind of, I knew I was going to go back and read it sometime, when? so I just kind of waited. The only bad thing is like, okay, so book three I was I, I was going to get, and then book four was out of print. And I'm like, so I look on Amazon, somebody wants like $800 right. for it or something. I'm like, I'm not paying $800 for a hardcover of book four of Fables. Wow. And so I'm like, well, these are really good sellers for DC. Like Fables is like a moneymaker for them. Like after Sandman, this was probably their biggest hit series yeah. or whatever. You know, it went 150 yeah, issues, a chunk, sold yeah. a lot of trades. They put out deluxe editions. I mean... They've got to keep it in print, right? And like you said, the first one's eighth printing, the second one is fourth printing. Surely they're going to come back in print. So I, uh, so I wasn't sure. So I found Bill Willingham on Twitter. I guess he has a YouTube channel now too. Hmm. And I just messaged him on Twitter. I say, hey, dude, I noticed like fables like book four and five are out of print. You know when they're going to get back in print? He's like, well, I did, but now I'm not sure because of all the stuff going on. You know, yeah, but yeah. I, I don't know for sure, but. It kind of made me think, yeah, they will eventually be put back in print. That's the idea weird. is to keep these deluxe editions in print. Right. It sounds That's like. weird, though, that you would... Why would Bill... Why would he have any idea? Like, it's out of his hands. DC. It's out of his hands, but he still... Like, I think he owns a stake in it. Like, I mean, I think it's partially critter-owned. Like, he has a... Well, shop. yeah, but... And so he gets paid, and so he wants the stuff to stay in print, so he keeps getting money. Right, but... And he, maybe he has a contract with DC, says they have to keep stuff in print. Uh, I don't know how those contracts yeah. work. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it says, like, yeah, I mean, you have to keep my books in print. If you don't, then I'm going to go publish them myself. Yeah, gotcha. That's what yeah. I'm thinking, too. That's how they got the Watchmen rights for right. 40 years. You yeah. could just pull the preacher like I did when I couldn't get number five in the hardcover. I just bought the soft cover version. Yeah, I mean, if I get desperate, I could just borrow <laughs> well, I was going to say, you just talked to me. I mean, <laughs> I've got I, all the I trades. Get stuck, but, I mean, <laughs> the idea is to get all the hardcovers right. and read them all kind of in a certain amount of time. Yeah, no, I understand. And uh, that's why I went with the soft cover with the preacher because yeah. the TV show was out. It you was wanted popular. to read it? It was yeah. out of print. Totally. I didn't want to pay $500 for <laughs> Yeah, but Fables, the Fables is pretty solid. You know, he does all these like little side stories throughout, you know, yeah. and that's cool, but sometimes I wish he'd just get... I remember reading the trades, I wish he'd just kind of get well, to the main story, but... As I'm going through it the second time, I'm a little more patient. I'm like, it's cool. Let's just go on all your little side stories and just when, enjoy um, the journey. I think in some cases, though, it's because he had this 
great buildup of this whole adversary. Yeah. You're like, who the hell is that? Say, when did that, that go? Like, was that, like, I think it's it was like somewhere in the 50s. Or 75. Yes. I think, I think you found out around 50. 50 who it is. No, they didn't defeat him until around 75. Yeah. Or something okay. like that is yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, and that's cool. So, that's a cool. And, but therein lies the rub that's there a, a little cool bit because too, he did though. such a good job of building this up and setting this all up and everything else. The reveal is really good, but by the time the war actually happens and they defeat him, he built this up so much and you were really bought in. I mean, his cool, his reveal is cool. How what happens with it is cool. Everything else after that happens, it's kind of like, well, what the hell are you doing now? Oh, well, I'm going to throw in this little bad guy. Well, yeah, he's kind of an ass, but he's not the <laughs> adversary, you know, <laughs> you know, this type of stuff that it never seemed like he could really top rebuild it. top. Exactly. Top off of that. It's, you know, he still pulls off, you know, another, 75, 75 issues or something, but it just never felt that there was as much of a threat as that dang ad. It's kind of a Walking Dead then. problem. Like, the governor was such a good villain, and you're like, how are they going to top that? And they did Negan, you know, so he had to do Negan yeah. to kind of top him, and then after that, it's kind of like, eh. Well, it gets, I mean, it still gets interesting. I mean, you know, you, you have the the whole thing with Snow White and Big Bean oh, yeah. and their kids. Yeah, and, yeah. and they do. Turns out and his father, and North Wind, you yeah. know, and, and stuff. One of the and, other things is cool is that Cinderella, they did a spinoff of that Cinderella. Yes, I have three of those. I think, I think they did like well. one or two. I, there's three trays, six. three small trays. But those were really cool because Cinderella was like the James Bond. Oh, like yeah. The spy. She like kicks those ass. Are, those are good, too. I mean, a yeah, lot of the yeah. spinoff stuff is great. It is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was just so good. It was so different at the time. Like, I remember, you know, that I don't even, like, I have all the issues, but I didn't start. Like, I got lucky and got, I think it was almost like Walking Dead either. I'm missing, like, one or two. Like, yeah. I have number one and I miss number two. Yeah. Or I have, like, number two and I miss number one. Like, sure. I'm missing one of the very early issues of Fables just because I couldn't find it. Yeah. It was like Walking Dead because it was, like, insane, like, when it came but out. But I was the same find it if you want to. Right. But I don't. I'm fine. I can go back and read <laughs> no, 150 issues and miss number well, two. I don't mind it. Yeah, he got kind of hosed on the whole thing for like a television contract and whatnot. Where yeah, that was interesting. Shipping like, it around, but then ABC did, well, fine, screw you. We're going to go do our own, you know, type thing. And yeah. Can't oh, yeah, yeah, Once yeah. Upon a Time. Yeah. Wasn't there another series that was like Once Upon a Time? Yeah, something that was on, uh, it was on NBC at the time. I think as well. Yeah, there were like two series that were kind of like yeah. mimicking fables a yeah. little bit. In so. fact, I think I met Bill Willingham at like some convention. I think planet. the last castle. I think I have that one shot. I think that's autographed by him. Wow. If I remember right. Cool. Yeah, I remember meeting him. He's he's a cool guy. Yeah. He uh that was years he's ago, also though. known for doing uh, the elementals from yep. Miko. That was his other big thing. Hmm. He did this one, he was, it was only like two or three, maybe four issues. It was a book called Coventry. Yeah. It was black and white. Mm -hmm. And I had that, and I took that to get him to, to sign it, and he was kind of surprised. Because I think he actually drew that. Yeah. Coventry. Well, he drew some elements. He drew too. some elements, too. Well, then they had the whole spinoff with Jack of Tales and whatnot, yeah. too. Or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't, Which he didn't really write, I don't think. I think he no, got the other guy to write it. What was his yeah. name? Yeah. The guy who did the Viking book that Lucas drew. Mm-hmm. was that guy. Yeah. Okay. But uh, cool, and it wasn't as good. But it, it honestly was kind of amusing if you just had the right 
Yeah. You had to go in. Right. That was one that you really had to go in with the right mental. And I didn't stick with it. I think I went like 20 issues or 15. I did not finish that series. I've got all the trades of that series too. I think I borrowed your trade. Anyone wants to ever read it. But yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, I bought all in on the the Fables thing. Yeah, Fables is good. Got all those. It's fun to go back and read. It holds up pretty darn well. I think the only thing I don't have is I think. Pretty sure I've got all the Cinderella trades, but I don't think that I've got the the fair all the Ferris trades when that came out. The what? Ferris. Oh, oh and yeah. He had the that little option. Did have a lot of spin-offs. Yeah, and I think I have the cash cow. I think I have the first one of the Ferris, but I want to say that there's like three trades there too, or so. But yeah, I think I might have stuck with that one for a little while too. I don't think I finished everything except Fables. I stuck with Fables the whole way. Yeah. In single issues. Well, yeah, because it was good. I mean, even when they, you know, after they defeat the adversary, it's yeah. it's still solid. I think know, after 100, things. like, you go, like, 110 to, like, 120 or 130, it kind of meanders a little bit yeah. and then kind of picks up steam towards the end. I remember somewhere around after 100, it just kind of, like, well, eh. I didn't really enjoy it as much, but I just kept buying it. And I felt like... Yeah, you're right. Not, Somewhere that, it, not that it was bad. It just wasn't the oof well, that everything... Because it's still... He was, bad Fables is still better than probably 90% of the exactly. stuff that was coming out at the time. It was just... It wasn't like you guys with the Star Wars. It just wasn't the... Yeah. Well, <laughs> he kept trying to figure out, you know, more conflict, you know, and where to do whatever type stuff. And it was still, you know, well type things. But here again, okay, so... Much like Star Wars or whatever type things... You get to issue 150 or whatever, they go all out, you know, on that thing. Mm-hmm. That thing is freaking, you know, like, what the hell, 50 or more damn pages. Oh, it's more it's, than that. It's its own trade. It is. It's it's huge. It's, you know, this big old thing. And for me, I felt it was it was a good conclusion to mm-hmm. everything. It, it was, was satisfying, you know, type yeah. things. Maybe not everything ended the way that I expected, but... It still satisfied me much, you know, overall. Yeah. It's much like Invincible, you know, and stuff. Yeah. They led it to a point. They closed it very well, yeah. you know, type things. I mean, it was like trade 19 or trade 20 or whatever. It was like it's the last there. trade. Yeah, I know. It, it is its own it little trade. trade there. I, re- I remember that. I've got it. I just can't remember how many damn pages. Have you read all of this? You haven't read No, all I haven't. That's okay. what I'm saying. I read for a while. For a Scott little bit. Gotcha. Trade. Yeah. You Quite know. a few. I made it like to probably twelve or thirteen minutes. Oh, okay. So you know about the adversary. And yeah, yeah. Who the adversary is? Sure. Probably who they defeated and everything, and probably even the next guy that. The problem is that they came out so sporadically. I'm yeah. starting to lose track of it because I read so much other stuff, and so Scott would be like, "You want the trade?" I'm like, "Well, it's, I'm not going to know where I'm at because it's been like you know six months, six months whatever, before it. You know, yeah, and it just wasn't it like confusing. Some, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Alright, anything else? Nope. Anything else? No. Alright. So I think we're done. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you in a couple weeks. Hope everybody's healthy. Bye. Bye. Yeah.